0: Some is good, some is bad, some is happy. Some Apparently, is sad.
1: craving fame is not uh, a recipe for happiness. Says who? Says Arthur C. Brooks, who is a
0: Harvard uh, psychologist, a teacher at Harvard. Okay. You know his name, though, right? Hmm. Mm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like one of those rich guys that goes, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. I go, hmm. <laughs> interesting. All right, well, let me have that money, and we'll we'll test this uh, test theory, this theory. Out of <laughs> yeah of yours. <laughs> oh, I mean, I want it. Oh, do you? Hmm. interesting, interesting, interesting.
1: I mean, it depends what what you're seeking, what that fame means to you, of course.
0: Oh, this is a good topic for the show. Are we, are we. I don't want to talk about it in the show. I just want to
1: talk about it in the pre-show. <laughs>
0: everybody, welcome to SneakyDragon.com Yeah, we finally got that .com We've been working at it for a long time We got it, we're SneakyDragon.com And I'm Ian Boothby
1: And I'm David.com Dedrick
0: Right, Uh, as I didn't mention, sorry (laughs) IanBoothby.edu Oh dear, oh dear I got it in college
1: Well, we all know that Thor's Ian Boothby has the .com
0: What do you think, uh, here's here's, uh, something Yes uh, do you think it's worth my while going back to my old college? Okay. And uh, now here is my situation. Okay. I have I I took theater. Uh huh. Is, this, is one, this a library book that wasn't returned? Th- no, close okay. close, very close scenario though. <laughs> okay. Sorry. You know you're closer than you think. All right. Um, uh, I was one credit short. Yep. I took the class. Yep. I got an A in the class, but they uh, forgot to uh, process my money. They didn't process it. Didn't take it. I think it was like about five hundred dollars, something like that. For the so class. they
1: didn't. So but, you paid for the class.
0: Yeah, but they didn't basically cash the check. There was a there was a mistake, mm. and they didn't take the money. I see. So at the end of it all, yeah, uh, they went, "Oh yeah, we forgot to take the money." And I'm like, "Oh, so what's going to happen?" Well, you got uh, you got this choice to make. Either uh, we can you can pay us again right now. Yeah, or uh, you can just keep the money. Uh, but you don't get your degree. Mm. And At the time, I thought, I don't think anyone's ever going to ask me about this degree. I got the education. <laughs> yeah. I got everything I want out sure. of this. I like $500, mm-hmm. especially back in, in those days yes. when $500 could have bought you a house. It's, um, it's absolutely true. So that's the way I went. So whenever there's that uh, checkoff list... Uh, you know, like next to his gun. Um, <laughs> you stepped on my joke. I was. Waiting, I, I understand. I'm sorry. That. You can <laughs> still do a Star <laughs> Trek one if you like. It's, to. No, it's fine. Let's check out the gun. Fine. Yeah, next to the nuclear vessels <laughs> Um, whenever there's that list of like you know, uh college, university, some college, I got to go some college because I, mm. even though I finished it, mm-hmm. I didn't finish it. Sure. So is it worth my while now? Do you think yeah. as a grown adult person mm-hmm. to go to my college and go, hey? Could I just pay you and get that last credit, uh-huh. and then I'd have a theater degree? Yeah. Whether I'd use it ever or not, <laughs> yeah. but just to just to know I've actually got a degree. Just, Does that make sense? Is it worth is it worth a couple of hundred bucks? Yeah. To have a degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, now, now let me just say mm-hmm. I have in the past uh, done plays professionally. Sure. I've auditioned for many things. Yeah. Not once has anyone ever asked me about uh, a degree in theater and no. go, hey, have you got a degree? Yeah. While you're auditioning? Hey, buddy. Uh, it's just read the lines. Hmm. Yeah. I, is it yeah. worthwhile? Yeah.
1: It's interesting because I think the theater, and maybe I would say the same with creative writing, is one of the f- few like courses you would take where it's the experience of the class that's more valuable than, than the degree. Unless you plan to go on to teach creative writing, in
0: which case... You do need the degree. Here is the thing, though. Yeah. With that, I have taught creative writing. Okay. Uh, at night school. Yeah. Uh, a couple of times. I, I did that for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I was also offered a position as an adjunct professor uh, about four years ago at UBC. hmm uh so it, apparently it's not stopping me that I haven't got a degree because I've got enough experience yeah. in other forms. Yeah. I also taught repeatedly uh improv in in various places. Uh so yeah. So I know what you're saying about the teaching thing. Yes. Uh but, but uh, apparently I, I mean can't.
1: I, yes, you can do it without it, but I just mean that's be the only thing that you would need that. I mean No, you, if you wrote a book, let's say you had a, a, you took creative writing classes and you went through a four year course and you, and you developed your, your skills through that and through the, you know, having people, you know, having the back and forth, having people hear your work, blah, blah, blah. Right. You write a book. You Mm -hmm. send it to the publisher. Yes. They're like, we love the book. We think it's great. We really want to publish it. Do you have a degree? They're not going to say that, right? They're not going to ask that question.
0: Yeah. I was going to go, do you think they'd ask that?
1: No, they wouldn't. They're just going to say, we love the book. We want to publish it. The only way. I mean, like, you know, the only time that you're going to have that as is an issue is if someone says, Do you have a degree, i.e., to teach creative writing? Like, do you have the necessary,
0: do you have the bona fides to show us that you could teach creative writing? I think I also. Or theater. I, I think I'm also like, uh, two credits short yeah. of teaching. S- Beach, uh through Trinity College of London because when, when I was a kid uh, I took those courses okay. and we would have a, a thing at the end of the year where I'd get tested and every year did okay yeah uh, and did that for like about five years yeah and so I think I'm just like just shy of that would like me able and, and that I do realize I could have taught in college afterwards with with the uh, with mm-hmm. that is Trinity College of London the Canadian version of
1: the University of Phoenix <laughs> is that is, is that a shifty? uh situation I always feels like it.
0: well, there were real British people,
1: okay. they were real British people, yeah, they said Corblimey.
0: yeah, Well, I think uh, oh wait, yeah, let's see if they're legit. oh boy, they said
1: cool. uh, they said, you have to take some of the Corblimey courses,
0: yeah, what I had to do at yeah. uh, at my, at my uh, annual test mm-hmm. was uh, I had to do a cold reading from a book, okay. It was a book that I'd read. okay, but I, I had see. to do a cold reading from a book, so for instance, in Cold Blood, <laughs> that's right, yeah. It was more like a C.S. Lewis or something yeah. along those lines. The spy
1: who came in from the cold, the John Licariah book.
0: Uh, usually there was something that I had memorized that I would uh, have to recite. Yeah. Then there would be a test on uh, speech like uh, uh, diphthongs and triphthongs and what have you and what, okay. what are those. Sure, sure. And, you know, use them as a sentence, what's this all about, what's yeah. this, and it to really grill me on that. And there was like one other aspect I forget. Uh, but yeah, and then at the you end of it, toe thongs. Thongs, absolutely sorry, and thong to thong thong thongs, <laughs> uh, yeah. And and uh, what I really remember though from it mm-hmm. was uh, I went to I went to one of them, and the woman said, hey, "Come in," and I sat down. Oh, you're sitting down like a gentleman of leisure. <laughs> Stand up. It's time for, and I was like, oh, and I stood up and I did the test, and I got I got an A uh, on everything basically. Yeah. But I was just like steaming mad that she's like. <laughs>
1: You know, but dare to call you a gentleman of leisure. Well,
0: it was just like, oh, you, oh, look at Mister City Downey. It was like (laughs) that's the big sin that I fucking sat in a chair. Like you're right, I didn't like come and rip a fart, and you know, just like, hey, baby, what's going? Like nothing. Like I just just came and sat down.
1: Your cigarette pack rolled up in your shirt sleeve.
0: Okay. Trinity College of London is an examination board based in London, in the UK, which offers graded and diploma qualifications across a range of disciplines in the performing arts and English language uh, in over 70 countries worldwide. Wow. Yep. So there we go. Uh, So it seems legit. Fairly legit. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, so here, here's the other
1: thing I'll say about your question, which is that you know, like, yes, in, in mid mid eighties or early to mid eighties, five hundred dollars was worth a lot of money. Yeah, because it was five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars yeah. worth. Yeah. But I just mean it's it went a long way in those days. Yeah. Uh, and yet today, five hundred dollars is still a lot of money. Like,
2: mm-hmm. do
1: you want to spend five hundred dollars? Yeah. Just for a degree that you don't think will have much? Well, I put use it on the you? wall. Well, you
0: put it on the wall. Yeah. And now that, that's not counting the frame. Like I got to buy my own frame. It doesn't come yeah, with a yeah. lot of frame. It does not come with a frame. That's, That's one true. thing you don't get told when you graduate from anything. And like you got your diploma, mm-hmm. you're just like where's the frame? Oh, you buy it yourself. What? What? How much did I spend on it? Like it doesn't matter. Also, like say you go to university, yeah, and you pay tens of thousands of dollars. Sure, tens of thousands of dollars, and you get a degree. And like say you're a doctor, you're a doctor. You hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and then you get your diploma. You still have to pay for the fucking frame. They still won't throw in the frame. You think like at the end of that, just like, look. Yeah. For the couple of hundred grand. Yeah. We're going to go down to the drugstore. We're going to pop five bucks. Uh, get you a frame. A nice yeah. frame. Yeah. Here you go, buddy. You you earned it. No. Yeah. There's still nickel and dime you know in the yet at is, the end. Yeah, but the thing is, is that. You got to pay for your own ribbon that wraps around it. Hundreds. Buck of ribbon.
1: If not thousands of doctors have graduated from that school already. Yeah. They didn't get a frame. Yeah. It's not fair to them. If you know suddenly they change the whole frame policy and start starts it frames. off on the wrong foot, is what I think. Why <laughs> like, wouldn't you want to choose your own frame? You know it's going to be the cheapest frame they could find. It's just going to be the glass with the little clips on the sides. Well, what kind of frame do you want for your? Uh, I want like a wooden frame. I want like like a nice or metal, like a nice metal frame. Okay. Or the, and the glass should also be like um, all, you know, have that UV protection so it doesn't your, your doesn't yeah, fade. Yeah, it doesn't fade. They're not going
0: to give you that. Yeah, you don't want your degree to get cancer. <laughs> Do so you want that Especially UP. for an oncologist That's right. That's That'd right. Be embarrassing.
1: You He's so embarrassing.
0: <laughs> Physician You got to examine the life, degree once a year. Yeah, just yeah. give it just <laughs> run your fingers along it, feeling for anything. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this necessary? It is. It is necessary. Ah oh, boy. So okay, so basically uh, the uh, your advice is nah, don't. Yeah, I don't see the point of All it. All right. Very good. Like w- what is attractive to you about it? Just the idea of like complete, completion, the
1: completion, yeah, the sense yeah. of completion. Sure, it's, mean it,
0: it's it's the it's the checking some college on the thing when I know <laughs> I got an A in the last does course. That, does that
1: chafe you that, that that happens?
0: Um, it feels it feels like they look at that and go, "Oh, nice try."
1: Yeah, nice, I gotta understand because like, nice I, try, I have to buddy. do that too, right? Like I went to school for like six over six years. Yeah, to university. And I came out the door with nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all, but a solid, actually like, except all learning was, things. You could read, you could see that which kind of shoes I got kicked in the butt with when I was leaving. So that was a nice, I could read the tread. Um, but, but
0: you did learn things. Yeah. In those six years and, sure, th- sure. and those things and that those skills yeah, have yeah.
1: benefited you in sure. life. Yeah. I learned alternate buses to get to different, <laughs> to the university that I went to. Uh, yeah, no, um, I did learn things, I guess, but you know, at the same time, good for the brain, you went through, you went through all that. Toil and trouble, toilsome trouble, right? And then you can only check off some college on your application, um, and that does chafe a little. You're right. Yeah. You're did right. you? Um, I am, however, I am not five hundred dollars away from that that completion. You
0: did also meet your wife in college, right? Sure did. Oh, there you go. Well, then you yeah. benefited that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there you go. You got a wife out of it. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Right, and a couple of kids. You got like uh, three women out of it. <laughs> That's pretty good. There you go. How much? How much did you pay? And you go like I paid this much. Would you get three women? Yeah. I say some college, then some women. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> fill out. That's thing. That's not bad. Yeah. Why not? Know how many women I got out of college? None. None. <laughs> came out. Came out the same as I went in with. <laughs> yeah. Real sausage party.
1: <laughs> you had opportunities. You, true. Yeah. That's true. I like. But I mean, when I was a when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, <laughs> friendships. I still have friendships. That's so. what so that's what counts. And
0: you know what? It is the the real value is the friends we made along the way. I've that's learned true. that, and so I did get the friends I made along the way.
1: That's true. Um, when I was a teenager, my my friend went to a Catholic private private school, Catholic school, and here in the Lower Mainland, and uh, there was a an associated girls' school with it as well, and. What I was told by him and all his friends was that these were the easiest girls you're ever going to meet in your life. Cause Catholic girls, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to insult Catholic girls. Yeah. I don't think you're insulting. But anyway, this is what I was told. So it is weird
0: hearing the term easy. though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, like, yeah, you know, just like, let's say, let's go open minded, maybe. Uh,
1: I was say, you know, foreign, whatever, you know, rare
0: and for it, rare and for it. Oh boy. <laughs> so,
1: okay. I, you know, I went to several parties with my friend. Yeah. Um, and I can honestly say that nothing, nothing, not even like any interest in me, you know, I guess I fell outside of their, of their, you know, the boxes they wanted to check off, just some Catholic. (laughs) I did not, I did not meet that one.
0: Well, we did, there was a weird thing because I went to Catholic school, uh, elementary school yeah, and then came to here and it was awful, but, uh, I still had to go to catechism which was Catholic education in the evening. Sure. And I think I've mentioned this before where it was weird. Yep. Like when we got into our like teens, mm-hmm. uh, there would be things where, you know, uh, it'd be like, oh, there's going to be a party at the teacher's home. Mm. Okay. So, all right. That seems weird. That's first of all, that's weird, right? It does seem weird. That's weird. That's more like for dimole. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. That a type a, of vegetable. It's like a, a, like a
1: service organization for, for kids and, uh, Church.
0: okay so uh so yeah it'd be like oh we're gonna have kind of get together at uh, at you know and it was like a married couple that like yeah, ran yeah. the thing sure and you basically catechism you know you're trained to like take this test and the test is what is god god is love you're like and other things no no just love just say it just say the words yeah, okay yeah. and that kind of shit so anyway um so we're teenagers and uh and like we're gonna have a party at this place so you go there and there's chips nice. and there's pop cool and then they leave the room yeah and they dim the lights what I know. The heck. And it basically becomes a makeup party. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck is that? Like at the time, you're just thinking, it's, hey, we're obligated to yeah, be here. Yeah. And, you know, uh, well, this is a thing to do. You know what it is? More Catholics. You know, no shit. That's exactly <laughs> what I fucking think it is. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's something I look back on and just go, that's weird. I mean, it's not obviously, you know, it's not, them doing stuff to us yeah but it's putting us in a situation they shouldn't mm-hmm. and you know it's it, it's i can't say anything but weird but yeah <laughs> that's all i can think is like oh we're going to make sure they uh you know we're going to start some stuff here and then maybe some fires are going to get lit and maybe they'll end up together and we're going to throw a little matchmaking here at the end you know this way and i was like what the frick is this So, so weird. But yeah, it was, uh, it just was turned out to be a big makeout party, which, you know, I was fine with the making out part. But Mm. like, you know, after that, we're like, we're we're done. That was it. We were just killing time. That was all this was. I I would have done terribly. Good. (laughs) It was a trap. Don't worry about it. It's like saying it's like saying you went to Donkey Island. Yeah, and you know didn't become a donkey. Yeah, you didn't become a donkey because like I I wasn't a smoker. I wasn't good at gambling. (laughs) I wasn't good at any of that stuff. I never wanted to drink. I was a real loser on Donkey Island. And you're not a donkey now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I really regret it. Why you're not a donkey now? It was a trap. You got out of Donkey Island, man. No. Yeah. It's, It's fine. You're right. It's fine. I don't regret it. And I think I shortly after that went into a relationship where so, where someone actively did try to trap me and, and stuff. Mm. And so it was like, hmm, all right. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of minefield out there. <laughs> I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The situation of like, you on birth control? Uh, yes. No, are you? No. Okay. And this? Yeah. And then this, and there's a lot of, and then this, and the like. A lot of lies, a lot of uh, fakes, a lot of bad information, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." So yeah, oof. But it was weird. It was weird, especially like the 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 catechism thing. I do. I, it's one of those things where I almost want to like look back on it and like see anyone else who was from there, but I can't remember anyone's name. Yeah, I can't even remember really where we where we had it. I sort of know the building a little bit. I could probably track it down and see what was up with that and then look up the people's names and go, did anything happen after that? What, what was the situation there? Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's, a, it's an odd one. It's an odd memory.
1: Yeah, it is. Hmm. My my uh, Catholic friend did catechism as well. And he seemed, I mean, his attitude too was kind of like, I got to go. I got to yeah. go do this thing.
0: It's not worth the fight. <laughs> it's
1: not worth the, no, his parents were. His parents were the sort of people that made me write lines when i accidentally slammed a door at their house one time that's weird how how many lines like a hundred lines saying i will not slam the door yeah. uh-huh. and i did it because i was just a little kid so yeah i didn't want to like not be able to see my friend by making a big fuss about this so i was just like all right well let's write out these stupid lines i will not slam the door i will not slam
0: i feel like i've always felt like either i'm i've got adhd or whatever or you know, OCD or some shit. Yeah. ACDC. ACDC. I got a little bit of that. Yeah, you know, that before I salute people before <laughs> they, they they rock if they rock. Yeah. Um, but like whenever I had to do lines, I'm like, okay, here we go. This is fine. I'll figure a way to do this, and it was, uh, it, was it was I I'll always find a way, and it was fun. Do the I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I
1: I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I I an incredibly long sentence, like a, a lot of times. Like I had to write, "I, David Dedrick, will not blah blah blah." Like this long thing. Like I had to put my name every time. It's annoying. And he also insisted I have the commas bef-
0: huh, between. Sounds me. like identity theft. It sounds like it's <laughs> he's trying to get my signature.
1: Name. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not all my money. My ten dollars disappeared from the bank. Oh my god! No, I know. You all, really wanted to have that.
0: Uh, yeah, when it was like <laughs> on the blackboard, you wanted to have that thing for music class that would. Uh, oh yeah, the like, thing for writing lines. Yeah for writing
1: the stave for a music class yeah Mm -hmm. that would have been handy but no it was just me me
0: and a pencil by the way here's the trick with using the stave if you're going to do that okay you don't do all the letters okay what you want is you want to like you know say if it's like i don't do the i yeah and then do the next and then but like miss like the last letter and then when you're done, go in and fill in those letters. And then it won't look like you've got perfect things every time. It'll look a little weird. And it's yeah. like, mm, yeah, okay, yeah, they they did it all, all over okay. and over and over. I like that you thought this through. Well, every time you try and find a way of, like, bucking the system. Yeah, for sure. I've only ever had to write lines twice, so I guess I was okay. I, kids don't have to do that anymore, right? I doubt it. Yeah, that's also no one knows cursive anymore, so <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't even have to do uh, that situation. Yeah your horrible cursive as a kid i uh, it was my uh, niece's 16th birthday oh. this weekend yeah it was really sweet i haven't seen them it in, was sweet 16 yeah i haven't seen them in about a year and a half wow uh, and and that was one of those things where you just go like what's going on in school yeah. what's it like what yeah. are you doing what's the situation you know what's going on here what's up what's 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 you know you want to go like what's life like for for you what's what do you what's your stuff <laughs> yeah both her, both her and my uh Nephew, without spilling too much beans on them, he's nineteen. Both have uh, very nice relationships with, uh, with uh, you know, their sweeties. Okay, and they were they were both very very pleasant, mm-hmm. and it was also very very respectful, which was nice. It was like, oh, it's good. There seems to be a good, hmm, good, because I was worried. <laughs> I was worried, you know, yeah. sometimes. You're that age, you want to be cool, you want to be... But it was like, no, this is just genuinely respectful and nice. And there's little things they were doing for each other that were checking in with them, making sure they were okay. And I know it's weird meeting relatives. That's always strange. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was one... (laughs) One, and this won't come across as, as as funny to anybody else, but it it destroyed me and the room actually pretty well. Um, but there's one thing where uh, my my nephew's girlfriend, who is also uh, that age, nineteen. Sure. Uh, they were uh, they were talking about Halloween costumes, and uh, my niece and her boyfriend went. We're going as uh, as uh, Bugs Bunny and uh, and I want to say who it, it, Babs Bunny, I think. Sure, Babs Bunny from uh, Space Jam. Okay. And and. Uh, My nephew's girlfriend asked who Bugs Bunny was. Okay. Now, (laughs) here's the thing. Mm -hmm. You're young. You've got no access to this. There's no reason you should know who this is. Space Jam came out, you know, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So... It's okay that you don't know who's, who that is. Be me being your age and not knowing who Ricky Ricardo is. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she was getting the whole, whoa, from everybody in the room. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh boy, that's not, that's not do this to her. Uh, but like, and so someone started a different conversation about, something really tragic that went on like historically tragic that went on in the neighborhood okay. and we're like oh, this is real and I, I don't want to make light of any of these tragic situations but it was like this real tragic situation that was like you know a systematic thing that happened in Canada It was like oh my god that's awful so they're going to do a tribute to this and this and, this. and then someone was like yeah because you know also around there there was that murder what yeah there was a murder this is oh my god this happened and that triggered another story which is just like yeah because you know, also there was this, uh, happened and there was this, uh, this abuse. Oh, no. And then over here, it was like another one. And so then at the end of that, I just turned to her and went, Anyway, so that's who Bugs Bunny is. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you know, so it's, it's all connected with all the systematic yes, abuse. And sure. now you know who Bugs Bunny is. Wow. And that, uh, that, that destroyed at the, uh, dinner table. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's good when those little
1: funny things occur to you. I, I, I said a, something I thought was really funny the other day, but, it's kind of, uh, not very PC. I'm going to say it anyway because <laughs> it was just like a joke on an old joke, which was, okay. I was over at my friend, uh, David M's former friend of the show, and, uh, he offered, uh, us some Polish donuts, which I would never heard of before. And I just made a little joke. I said, Polish donuts, the holes on the outside. <laughs> and, uh, which I, lo- I love just as like yeah. a concept that that's we're great. we're all in the hole like so it's no that's a
0: fantastic joke
1: so it's just kind of fun yeah everyone laughed and they went they they shook their head and said you'll just say anything so
0: yeah and Jake Kowalski was in the corner just like, oh, <laughs> it's my <a> culture, culture. <laughs> this was so sad. well uh,
1: yes that's that was the that was a problem yeah and I should have should
0: have paid more attention to Jake later that weekend he died in that submarine accident because of the screen door. <laughs> Was like <laughs> Someone knocked on it. It's not his fault. Yeah.
1: Absolutely not his fault. <laughs> that's, that's a weird thing to me. Like and I remember After his brother died,
0: <laughs> you know, he was on a trip to the yeah. sun, but yeah. he was going at night. So, you know, I mean, he was going to be fine.
1: It's funny because I was talking to someone from back east about those sort of jokes, and they were telling me that they had them as Newfie jokes, as people from Newfoundland yeah. jokes. And... Which we did not have out in the West, we didn't have. I guess we didn't have that close a contact to the East Coast that we felt like we felt like we could make fun of people from Newfoundland or even knew who they were. Yeah. But for some reason, it became Polish jokes. We well, have didn't no even idea why. They were
0: people from Newfoundland? You just heard Newfie. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a you're like sure. a leprechaun or something. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we would get them as moron jokes. And okay. it's like, well, why'd the moron do blah, 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 mm, cause mm. blah, because of blah, ah, blah, 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 ba. that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like, I don't know what a moron is, but that sounds pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that seems more fair, I guess, except to morons. Yeah. Just mean, mean to them, but oh well. <laughs> it's, um, what's funny, I was just thinking, well, I wasn't thinking about it. I was thinking about this the other day, and you just kind of spurred the memory, which is a little while ago we had a meeting. That's meet- what this whole show is about. <laughs> we had a meeting at work, and our manager asked... He asked one of the guys, he says, he said, what do we sell? And this guy said, service. He said, that's right. Then he turned to someone else and he said, so-and-so, what do we sell? And he went, doors. (laughs) (laughs) The manager's like, no, we sell service. It's like, oh, weren't you listening? It was this, that, that. But then I was thinking about it afterwards and I was like, you know, that sounds like a good idea, but it's actually like (laughs) the wrong way to think about something. Like, you don't sell service. You know what I mean? Like... That, what, do we, what do we provide? What do we provide? We provide service. That's yeah. right. We're not here to sell service. So if you, yeah, when we sell
0: doors, what do we provide? Yeah. Service. Yeah. Then there's a follow up question. What's our goal? Customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. What's our blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah. You know. But I felt like that was a wrong way to think about it. And I thought, no, yeah. if he thinks of, say, of service in that way as something that is paid for by the customer, not provided as a courtesy to every person who walks in or drives into our, our place. You know, it just feels like a weird backwards way to look at service, right? Like if that's in your mind as how you deal with your customers, you know, so every time they call the manager in his mind is, you know, can you afford the service we provide you, you know, Mm -hmm. because we sell that to you, you know, and are you willing to pay for what we provide, whether it's the doors and the service comes with the doors, but you know what I mean? This feels weird. Like. That's that's uh, that's an expected add-on.
0: Well, I mean, this is clearly a meeting this guy had somewhere higher up. Yeah, he went maybe to some place so. and like he was at a table. And yeah, like, listen, this is the. And it's again, yeah. It's the it's what I like to call the jargon ears. And it's like when you go high enough up, there's sure. someone whose job is simply, yeah, to make jargon. I guess that's true. And it's like, what do we do? Uh, we walk? No, we stroll. <laughs> well, that you just grabbed a thesaurus. We saunter. We promenade. That, that's, we, yeah, that's right. Every 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 year, we've got to come up with a different thing. And it looks like we're doing something, but yeah. we're not. We're just doing verbal busy work. Yeah. And yeah. just like, uh, I don't know, just no help either. the people out as best they can and give them the best value they can mm-hmm. you know i i would go with the guy who says doors like if there's two guys here and they're like you know i sell service i sell doors well i want a door so uh, <laughs> what how much does your door cost and what are you going to do yeah like i assume you know they're probably going to give you some service with that
1: yeah like service should just be a a function i remember when i was going for a, a job interview at the work i'm at and they asked a question which was um you know how if a customer was something like about how, like going out of your way for a customer, you know, like what would you do? The the
0: one extra step.
1: Yeah. Or the one extra step and stuff like that. I just said, well, to me, that's meaningless because every customer should get Mm -hmm. that one extra step. It should never be like, that should just be like part of your job is provide that one extra step. If someone needs that extra bit of help, then you're there to provide it. That's, There's no question about who deserves it or who should get it. Yeah,
0: you're looking at then like, okay, so what's the line then? What's extra? Yeah. (laughs) And then like, okay, so then there has to be a line of what's too much? Yeah. yeah. Like what's inappropriate the amount of help that you'd be you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't go to their house Mm. and you shouldn't walk around and go, hmm, you know, you should like that's too much, that's inappropriate. But yeah, everything else should be on the table. Yeah, absolutely. It
1: seems weird. Yeah, and I just kinda wonder like, um I was talking to someone from another Door, like a, one of our installers and he was saying that his boss is a little angry at our new manager and i and i don't know why i'm not sure why like our last manager was a very much one of those kind of hail fellow well met sort of guys <laughs> that when you meet him
0: he, he is shakespearean, right? like, no, he's shakespearean really there's he's a shakespearean, shakespearean yes. time traveler yes
1: <laughs> he is this more than there's nothing that makes his day more than you just walked into the room oh. or he walks past you and he's just so happy to see you, and everything is awesome, and everything is great. Great, you know? that's fantastic. And that was his approach to customers, right? Customers yeah. got like, you know, every, you know, his full happy, all the bonhomie they could stand. There was more than they wanted, right? And I just kind of wonder if there's like a change in the attitude that comes with the idea that this is for sale. This sort of attitude, ah, uh, yeah, this yeah, bonhomie, yeah, yeah. this sort of thing, isn't like, you know, we're not going to come. cheapens it, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to come and, you know, like. Um, I used to have to go out because I have a had a truck. I used to have to go out and do glass replacement for warranty glass replacement. I haven't done that since I since the new guy came in. And so I went kind of wondering, I guess that's gone up the the window, you know, because that's too expensive to send someone from, you know, take a guy off work for 2 to 3 hours, have him drive out to wherever, change some glass out and then come back again. So no, we're not going to do that. Cuz so what do we sell? Service. What do we don't provide for free? Service, right? So, yeah. you know, it's an interesting change in in uh, attitude, and yeah, he's one of those guys that say things like, "I'm here to compliment, not complicate." Hmm. It's like, ugh, that's complicating already.
0: I think one of the worst things McDonald's ever did, <gasps> uh, besides you know, the big fill in, fill in the food, whatever you want to say. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Uh, I was going to say uh, pizza, but I really like the pizza there. Um, The McLobster? Maybe. Who knows? Um, But I think the worst thing they ever did was uh, on the sign saying, you know, smiles free. Because now you're not a person who's smiling. Yeah. Now you're someone who's being paid to smile. Mm. And now it's like, oh, the smile is fake. You just showed me that the smile is fake because they're mandated to smile. Yeah. Right now. Like, oh, there's something just gross about that. (laughs) You know, whereas when you're saying like the service situation, like to a degree, of course, yes. You want to give good service. But like, you know, you being uh, happy to see them and all, you know, the energy that you, the davitude you present. <laughs> yes. When you see people, you present yourself in a way of just like, oh, I'm happy to see you. It's this, this. But if I think like, yeah, he's been paid to, to make mm-hmm. that. And to a degree you are. Yeah, yeah, But then there's also part of it, an aspect that's like, no, but Dave's also a human being. Yeah. And, you know, not just a service machine who's being paid for every, every Twitch and move that you're seeing.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I would get paid the same if I was like a surly jerk out there. Yeah. Like I would still be getting the same money. I'm not getting paid to, you know, like if I went out there, I was complaining. Oh, I have to go out there and take this guy's stuff off his truck.
0: Oh, it's, it's not my job. You know? Yeah. I've heard people sarcastically go, where's the smile? (laughs) smiles of free like they'll say that in the lineup and just like don't be the worst person in the world you know there are people well, i won't who, say that anymore then i mean no good there are people that when you're at a fast food restaurant that is their one chance to have some power and mm. like be the big shot and Ugh. will wield it and what a place to wield it but it's also the same thing like at a starbucks you'll see people yeah. really losing their shit at a starbucks and it's like you pay $5 for this coffee. Yeah. You know, there's only so much abuse a person should take sure. for five fucking yeah. bucks.
1: And everyone's name is misspelled. Why are you losing it over this?
0: Yeah. You spell their name. Okay. Let, cover up your name. What was their name? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Treat each other like humans. Uh, it was like, uh, it's like I've heard from, you know, people who have been baristas, you know, uh, how, you know, when you're serving a person, you know, they've got this thing they call uh, Five Minute Girlfriend. Where, like, while they're drinking the thing there, you know, uh, they feel they can talk to you about anything. And it's just like, yeah, I'm also paying for your time to talk to me mm. right now about anything. And it's like, because, yeah, here's the five. you, know, you got to be the five-minute girlfriend. And just like, oh, is that right? hmm And it's just like, ugh. It's just, <laughs> just really so off-putting. But if you do something like McDonald's and say smiles are free, now you're making that in an official goddamn policy and telling people you deserve a smile from that person. And if mm-hmm. they don't smile, you can complain. Yeah. As like there's something really dark about that. Really, really dark.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't well. Yeah, I don't like
0: uh people who f- like flirt with waitresses and things like that. It's the most it's it's, it's a, horrible. Oh, it's horrible. You sit in the restaurant and someone like oh it's oh my gosh. And uh. I, have a, I
1: have a friend who does and he just he's being playful I know, but it puts the person it puts the the worker in a bad position because they cannot They're trapped into your game because they want to get a tip. They that's their job. Yeah, they don't want you to complain to the manager. Exactly. So they have to like go along with with your teasing or whatever. And it's just so it's And by the way, here's another thing. (laughs) Yes. They
0: don't know if if it's a woman, they don't know if you're dangerous. So just in general, something that women have to put up with, and I'm saying this is a man, Mm -hmm. but like something that women have to put up with is if I say no to this guy Will he turn, and yeah. is he dangerous? Now we've got a situation where I have to go back to him multiple times, mm. and now you've set this dynamic up. Where what do I do? And now I've I, I have potential danger here, and you're probably with other people. What are these guys like? Are they all going to be, you know, on board with this guy and like what's going on? You don't know. And so, yeah, you really you really made a shitty situation there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even
1: if you didn't mean to, you just yeah, created a right. situation. Yeah, you don't, yeah.
0: You're not thinking it's anything, it's anything, because yeah. you know you, yeah. but she doesn't know you. Exactly,
1: yeah. So, yeah, you create this thing where, they, hey, yeah, that's great. Oh, boy.
0: Oh,
2: I know. I just let them do their
0: job. Yeah, nothing <laughs> just makes you clench more than when your friend starts being the flirt at the, oh. <laughs> just. Just.
1: Even if it's not like so much flirting, but just like teasing and or being playful or whatever, it's still awful because it just it just you know it's forcing the other person to they have to play along. They have no choice. Yeah, you just they can't go like you know what I don't have time because it's really busy tonight. They can't say that.
0: Yeah, you just want to have like a, a little sketch where it's like you know a person comes to the table. The guy is, uh, you know, uh, he was saying something really flirty. And there's every all the other guys at the table just like pull out their knives and just stab the person <laughs> to death and just say, we're so sorry. We didn't know. And they're like, yeah, I know. It happens. You know, thank you for stabbing him to death. It's like, it's the least we could do. Sure. We couldn't have let that go on. That was going to get worse before it got better. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what are the specials today? Yeah, uh, Yeah. There you go. We'll tip extra. We're so sorry about this. Should we leave the body here, or do we take it with? Eat whatever you're comfortable with, we'll dispose of it. <laughs> yeah, that seems like the fair punishment. Yeah, <laughs> by the way. yeah, and you got knives. Yeah. just stab him to death and like end this quick.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, but I'm thinking of so many specific examples <laughs> of that right now.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, And then I'd that. have
0: like the the person would afterwards be like, uh, you know, sometimes people want to be flirted with maybe they do sometimes yeah. sometimes <laughs> yeah that's right but it's not up to you to decide when that is like yeah
1: i just feel yeah i just feel so one-sided and and I, and then when they start to like talk like you know oh all the all the waitresses love me at that restaurant <laughs> and just like they don't love you like that's like going to like a nightclub in las vegas and buying champagne for, for the, the, the entertainers there and then say, oh, all those girls just love me at that. Mm. At that nightclub. Oh, they're always coming around the table. always. Yeah, that's their job. (laughs) Like that's all their jobs. Like those people, they're not your friends. They're serving you. Mm -hmm. They just want to do their job and get into the kitchen where where they can gossip with their friends.
0: Yeah. And it's possible that they like you or it's possible they don't. But regardless, they will act the same way. (laughs) Yes. So making an assumption is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We go to a restaurant after the show and usually see the same server. Yeah. And, uh, and try, I try to <laughs> end things on a, an okay laugh or something usually yeah. with them because they like, it seems like they like to joke around, but sure. they don't get an opportunity to joke around with many of the tables. Of course. So we're trying to do that. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe they're just like faking the laughter. I don't think so, but I, maybe they are at the end. Who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah. But you know, always try to listen to what they have to say, and they usually tell tell us something that's going on with their day here. And yeah, have this table who bubbled and bubbled, like oh, okay, and it's like all right, we're the table you can trust with the story. That's yeah. nice. Also, it's a warning that if we do something wrong, we're at a table that gets told about <laughs> the next one. But then I always try to mention something at the very end when we're settling up and doing things that's a joke that's co- combining what, you know, yeah, on, yeah. On commenting on what they said earlier on. And there's, there's something kind of rewarding about that.
1: The jokes are fine. What they remember is the tip.
0: Hmm. That's what they well, remember. they split, so they really they split remember. it all up anyway, so it's <laughs> not an individual situation. So yeah, and that kind of thing. But they see it. Do they, do you, do you think? Oh yeah, they, they look at
1: the receipt. Okay, it has it right on there. Right, they can tell. All right. I mean, that's. I don't know. Then I, you should start tipping them. I well, I just yeah, maybe the don't go with sailors thing is yeah. the, right, its right, course.
0: Yeah. All right. I, switch back to your old don't bet on the ponies. <laughs> it's
1: buy buy low, sell high. Uh, yeah, know it's. Yeah, that's what it. That's what it I mean, I think I do believe that's what it comes down to. Like, I just think people, you know, people like you in a restaurant, they'll love you if you tip well. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's, that's the way it is. And if you can't afford to tip well, then they'll li- they'll like you. But yeah, I I you know that's to degree. I mean, you could be like a great tipper, and if you're an a hole the whole meal, then of course yeah, that's not worth it. Do you
0: think you could ever be a server? You're a people person. You got that going. Am I a, am I a people yeah, person? you got long arms. I think you could probably stack dishes <laughs> like do, on your. Do arm. the dishes and stuff. Yeah, you I'm, like uh you like serving food to family and friends. You like seeing I, people happy. I do. I do
1: like that. I think personally, the way I'm rubbing my my. just right now in the pentagram indicates that you're making me nervous at the (laughs) idea of serving uh yeah it does it does kind of get me a bit anxious the idea of of that because i do like like i do like people but people are very hard to to deal with like to serve and 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 things you know like you'd think even like a you know like i used to work in parking lots as you know and that you think that would be like the most anodyne job like yeah you're just going to park and then you're leaving and paying for parking. But no, people find all kinds of ways to make that into like a torment, you know, like whether it's accusing you of being a robber, you're asking <laughs> how can you sleep, you know, just like that or just being generally like kind of dim-witted and, you know, unable to read signs and, you know, just all kinds of ways to, and I, you know, I do find it's kind of wearying over time. I much prefer like, I mean, like, we do like a spaghetti dinner as choir, like with a choir spaghetti dinner at Valentine's. And I much prefer to be in the kitchen doing like the, like getting the, the plating the spaghetti and stuff like that rather than serving it. I just, I don't know. I prefer like the activity in the back rather than the going around. But you're right. I I do like people, but I kind of like them in my my own terms. You know, I want to be able to turn them off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've bartended and I don't mind doing that. I don't mind... Work in that kind of situation, or our concession stands and what? Yeah, yeah, I've done a lot sure, of sure. That stuff, yeah, that's that's fine. A lot of a uh, lot of box office stuff, but I think there is something that, like, if the thing costs less than twenty bucks, uh, they feel like they can do a power trip on you mm. because you know hmm, you just that, and then eh. now we can now if you know th- you are the person they get to boss around after yeah. their day of being bossed around.
1: I guess that's it. I mean, I mean, I sort of you know with parking, I kind of understood like it's an invisible. It's an invisible thing that you're paying for. Like you've already like when you go to a restaurant and you, I mean, restaurants are a little different. But if you go to like to McDonald's, you pay pay for your food, then you eat it. Yes. So you're getting something when you go to the store and buy a record. <laughs> uh You walk away with a record and you go home and you listen to that. But when you pay for parking, you hey, you've already done it. It's kind of like going to a restaurant, like a yeah. more fancy restaurant. You pay after you when you're finished. But you know, like a you you pay when you are finished. But also, it's you didn't get anything in your mind. Like you just put your car somewhere and now you're leaving. Yeah. And it's $12? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it has that element. And of course, people don't understand, like, people don't understand how, how much I'm, you
0: think it costs to rent this building.
1: Yeah. How much you think the real estate is? What do you think the taxes are? Yeah. On this little bit of patch of land here, sir. Yeah. This, you know, this, you this 14 story just, arcade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's, you know, like you try to explain that to people. I mean, it, sometimes I didn't want to argue with people about it, but, you know you just you just want to point out to them like if if this land doesn't make money there won't be parking lots here and that means you can't come into town and go shopping and do things you know easily because there'll be no place to put your car yeah you know and i guess you'll just have to take the bus here if that sounds fun to you but yeah it's just like eh.
0: and then you'll be all those people who come on the bus and go i don't have any money is that okay yeah okay
1: (laughs) That's weird. I I did that once. I I had money. I just did, I was short like a like a nickel or yeah. a quarter or something like that. And I asked the bus driver. I just said, "Oh, I, I'm a little short. Is that okay?" She goes, well, that's fine. Thanks for asking." <laughs> I guess those days it wasn't that common.
0: I think that's the thing now because I do take the bus a, a bit now. Yeah. Uh, where it's uh, you know, and again, I don't begrudge anyone who's having a hard time, but there just feels like it's this thing of uh, you know, no. I'm just not, I'm just not gonna, Hmm. I'm just not gonna. Yeah. And you know, and the bus, and knowing the bus driver is like, I don't want to have confrontation right now. So it's fine. And then they'll not have a mask and you know, and I don't want to start a fight right now and stop the bus. And now all these people will be here. I mean, one of the last buses I was on, there was someone on the bus who was like, you know, saying we should beat up the driver and the bus driver was like, don't joke about that. And And it was like, some people were laughing. I was like, the fuck is going on yeah yeah. adults and shit but like the amount of people that don't have a mask like over their noses is just it's so crazy it's just yeah you know dick dick noses i just you just want to take them all scuba diving (laughs) let's all go scuba diving here we go oh you don't like you don't like the feeling of something on your face that's fair okay let's all go diving (laughs) everybody here we go and uh, there you are, and there you are. I mean, I get that there's just a genuine, like, a genuine, but a general uh, quiet anger that's like there. There's just this hum that's out there that's just like, um, everyone's tense, everyone's tens, <laughs> Everyone is tens, waiting, tens, for you're right. waiting for something, waiting for the right. thing. You're right. And the yeah. driver's there as like the authority figure who's got no power. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like yeah. so the substitute teacher is driving the bus. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Babysitter on the bus. Whenever I can walk, I'll walk. Uh, but yeah, it's never not a tense situation on the bus. You're just like, oh, what's going on? Jesus. Like if, That is weird, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Like I Yeah. I can see why, uh, you see right, right now, like, why there's so much demand for used cars and stuff like that. Like, people just want to avoid, people just want to avoid other people right now. You know, they just,
2: yeah,
0: get me out of here. <laughs> get me out of here. It's also that weird situation where you're like, things are getting better. No, they're getting worse. Mm-hmm. Now they're good. No, they're bad. Mm-hmm. If they're both at the same time. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> oh, you, know, you let your car down. Now, you, now you're dead. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck's sake. It just used to be consistently bad. Mm-hmm. I knew mean, what to do then. But now I don't know you're you're peppering it with hope and uh and uh, that just makes things like so freaking awkward. But uh there you go. So, yeah, basically I've got to learn to ride a bike again is what's uh, is what's happening. And so we're just waiting for some good days to uh learn how to. Well, for me, my wife can ride a bike fine, but I'm uh, I'm like, "How?" It's weird when you when, you know, the old expression of like it's like riding a bike. Oh, really difficult? <laughs> yes can be. Yeah. I need to get a, di- a guy to pretend to be my dad just going behind me. Come on, sports. You can do it. Okay, just pump those bar- Here we go. Look at him go.
1: Look at him go. Yeah, it's been about a decade since I rode a bike. I used to ride all over Aldergrove, but someone stole my bike and I never replaced it.
0: So. Yeah, I had my uh, last bike was stolen too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then you're just like, eh, what's the point? If exactly. Gonna take That's the your thing. Stuff- it breaks
0: your spirit. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Screw it. <laughs> Screw this. Stay in the car. But yeah, I used to. It was fun to be able to ride down to the the vegetable market, you know. A part of that too is like in those days, you know, the traffic was a lot different than the traffic is now. Like it's you know, it's ten years different, you know, ten years more traffic than uh so it you're also like, ugh, do I want to ride like along Fraser Highway? People zoom in past you at 80 kilometers an hour, and there's, like, big gravel trucks. And well, they, I mean, at least
0: here there's uh, there's all these bike lanes, and there's bike areas, and there's, you know, everything is planned out. And if you go online, you go, like, what's the safest, easiest, mm. fastest, pick your choice, yeah. you know, a way of getting there by bike, and like this. Nah, all right, well, that's a plan. Let's go. Instead of just, whoa. Yeah, there,
1: there are bike lanes in, in Aldergrove, but not on the main, not in the main road, which, you know, because you do have, like, the limitations of just... If you want to go that to that place, you have to go along that road. There's no easy, safe way to get there. Yeah. It's just not, there's not a lot of options. So
0: could you tie balloons to your bike and float <laughs> above it?
1: So I could do that if I trusted the balloons. That'd be fine for a, a while, I guess. Yeah. No, what's funny about the bike lanes, I find it kind of annoying is because, you know, the road was planned in a certain way. So, you know, they put all the manhole covers down the center of the road. Yeah. You know, cause that's not where the cars drive, but because they moved. The road over to put in the bike lane. Now, all the manhole covers are right directly ah. in the path of my tires, as I've, and everyone else's as we're driving down the street. That's a little annoying. Didn't think that through, did you guys?
0: Especially when people are pulling a heist and have to like lift up the manhole covers <laughs> like they do in the movies. Yeah, no,
1: this is kind of annoying because you're like, I don't remember being this bad. Then I thought, oh, yeah. Because I was just driving along one day, I was like, I don't remember being like so bumpy to drive along this road. Then I realized, oh, because they moved everything over three feet or whatever. Now the manhole covers are, and also everyone lost one side of the street of parking ah. as well, which is also annoying.
0: There's a weird thing. It's like I've seen many a movie where uh, things take place in the sewers. I've seen a sure. lot of teenage mutant ninja turtle movies. I've yeah. seen Spider-Man movies. I've sure. Seen all these. I've Ghostbusters. I've seen lots okay. of lots of movies. Yeah. I got no idea what it looks like in the sewers. Really. <laughs> Like here, if you have a picture, like, what do you think the sewers look like? Yeah. It almost seems, like, way too big, way too spacious. Yeah,
1: it is, does feel kind of f- fake that way. Yeah, it
0: all seems really fake and too yeah. clean. And, you know, even when they dirty it up and you see a bunch of rats there, it's just like, there's still a lot of good walking distance here. And you just be on the edges, and this is fine. I feel you know? like I just... Even if there's a clown down there, it seems like this isn't so bad.
1: <laughs> I feel like I just watched something that did, talk, you know, like, kind of highlight the, the poo factor, which I think mostly gets glossed over is like the fact that you're like poo. Yeah, you think it's uh poop. <laughs> you know, I think I think that's a, you know, a significant drawback to being in a in a sewer is yeah. poo. Poop. Yeah. yeah. Why, why don't we talk about that? I guess who wants to talk about it? No one wants, you know, teenage mutant ninja turtles to also have like a poo poo element to it. That's not funny
0: Well you never sorry to get into this, but you never walk by like a sewer grating and go woo. <laughs> so it feels like there's something that happens that, Well, like, I think
1: those, just, I guess that's different, isn't it? Because a sewer isn't really, I guess it depends what it is. Like, is it drainage, like like the street? Right. Or they sep- they're separate from each other. You're not getting raw they? sewage Maybe underneath the
0: city because that would stink to high heaven, especially during the summer, right? And it doesn't. So, how do they make that work? I don't. Though I, occasionally, you know, you'll get that thing where the methane builds up and then, papoom things uh, <laughs> so things so yeah. So there up. must
1: be must be something going on there. Yeah, we have no we idea. We have a we have like a we have a fart tank in our in our neighborhood. Like explain. It's, <laughs> so we
0: can't just leave that hanging. What's going well, on? Well, I'm not going to say anything more about, about it. You'll have to come out to Aldergrove and right, see the go. fabulous fart tank. Well, our question this week is: What do you think <laughs> Dave's talking about?
1: Um, down the street from us. Yeah, a couple blocks from our house. On the forest side of the road. Okay. There's a a big, big concrete cylinder in the ground with a pipe that comes out of it. That's kind of like a candy cane shape. Sure. And as you're going by, it will occasionally expel gas from it, which smells like poop. Oh. So it's part of the sewer system. And I guess it's to allow it to vent so that you don't get kabooms. And so it has like this little, uh, this little kind of uh, runoff for the, or we're going to call it a little escape valve for that. And
0: does it stink?
1: Yes, it smells like a fart.
0: Oh, very good. Okay.
1: That's why it's the fart tank.
0: Do, do any animals walk by and go, woo?
1: animals. <laughs> I don't know if animals go woo. Hmm. Do animals go woo? Do you think like a dog was walking along and someone farted, the dog would be like, woo?
0: I think the dogs are, are down with that. They're fine with yeah, that. Yeah, they're just... They're also domesticated, so they have to deal with a lot of that. But like, let's say a skunk, <laughs> right? Sure. Like to a skunk, a stink is uh, its defense. So if okay. you walk by a skunk. Yeah. And you don't know, you don't, you do see the skunk. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm alone. Poop. And you have a little, uh, <laughs> let one go. You think the skunk's like, ah, oh, challenge. Wait.
1: Okay. Let's say fart, not poop, because that's a different letting I one was go. I was going, I was going, poot. I, oh, poot. Oh, sorry. Poot. poot. Okay. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Poot, poot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know what this means. War. Yeah. <laughs> that what the, that's yeah. what the skunk Let's said. Tap the little feet. Tap tap, <laughs> tap, 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 tap. I
1: think that would be, I think it's different. I think skunks are used to the smell of uh, poot.
0: Do you think so? Yeah, it's in the forest.
2: Get...
1: Mm. Animals aren't, like, animals aren't going to a toilet.
0: No, but. Like, I'm... you're not going to open up a, you're not going to open up a, like, a outhouse at, the, at a park and find a deer in there. Do you think that, okay. I guess I've just never considered, and I'm sorry that the show's gotten to be this. <laughs> okay. I've never considered, like, that yeah. animals break wind but they probably do, they do. dogs do so well okay yeah. yeah i know i know that but mm-hmm. here's the thing about dogs yeah is like we vary their diets and occasionally okay. you know they'll get something new but like if you're a deer yeah and you just eat one thing like you're just eating deer stuff sure the regular deer stuff every day yeah. i don't think you're surprising your body enough for it to go like what's this whoa, whoa boy <laughs> brap! like you know is that what,
1: is that, is that what it is for us is I, that would ass- we,
0: I would assume that I
1: it was just a byproduct of dig- digestion
0: do you think if you eat a consistent diet of the same thing regularly, yeah. you would? I was I was assumed it's your no, body going. Oh, what's this about? Okay, we got it. All right, boys, come on, let's work on this. <laughs> but I mean, it's your
1: body's always working on. Well, why isn't what your you're dog eating?
0: consistently doing that? But it's usually like after our dog something. does consistently do that. Oh, it's consistently. Oh, okay. Well, Oh, uh, it's it, a fart machine. Was, oh. In fact, I was I was
1: and uh, they play, play fighting with. Him no the, I was body. play fighting on the floor last night, and he simultaneously sneezed and farted.
0: Oh well, that does occur.
1: Yes, even to the best, of,
0: best Cuted, of dogs. One of the cutest things for me mm-hmm. is when my cat is, uh, this isn't a far thing, we're going to change topic a little bit, okay. uh, it's when my cat is complaining about something, it just comes up and is like,
2: meow, meow, meow. <laughs> what
0: what and, are cats complaining about and, they're just, and they just come up and it's, it's like a litany, it's like the list of complaints, <laughs> but in the middle, uh, he's got a yawn. Like, meow, <laughs> meow. <laughs> It's a real relaxing <laughs> yawn. And then immediately forgets what uh, he was talking about. But it's just like, oh, you were so relaxed in the middle of your complaints. That's so cute. Come here, you.
1: That is cute. Yeah. That is cute. Risa doesn't do that. She just doesn't stop. Nothing will stop her. Nope. Except for action.
0: Well,
1: Communication is meow, very, very important meow, for cats.
0: Well, 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 well. And as we know, they only meow to people. Really? Yeah, cats don't meow to each other. Hmm. Yeah, the only the only uh, animals that cats meow to are are people. Lucky us. Yeah, I, and it may be because they're trying to imitate us, and Could we be... were all just talking to each other the whole time. Like, all right, <clears throat> let's see if I got this right. Meow! <laughs> oh, they give me food. I think I got it. I got it. I can speak this whatever language this is. But you know, <laughs> if, yeah, you, it if works, you're seeing it works. another cat, the other cat gets what you want. But yeah, you know, yeah. Trying to talk to it, would be like, I don't speak that language. Yeah, you fool. Like, no, no, you're well. right. Because animals
1: are as you know willing to train us as we're willing to train them.
0: Oh, it's definitely a, a training relationship. And yeah. There's usually there's usually a thing with cats where you um, and again we've got veterinarians who are listening to Oh, we know the more show. than them. That's pretty clear. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what they've Come got? Off. I'll tell you, not us. Uh, they don't have some college. <laughs> That's right. Those are a bunch of paid-for-their-own framers, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Suckers. yeah when they look at their wall yeah. like oh four diplomas huh that's right well that's that's 20 bucks you're not getting back <laughs>
1: exactly right i mean i realized like you know six years into university i was like what i have to buy a frame when i'm finished this fuck it i'm out i'm out jumped pull the ripcord the ripcord left left the uh yep yeah, jumped out of it like uh tom cruise in mission impossible five
0: yeah exactly yeah not like mission impossible four
1: no don't do like that one
0: no uh, but what I was going to say is, like, uh, the way a cat communicates with you yeah. is very different than uh, the way any other cat communicates with uh, their person. Mm. There's always, like, variance. There's a unique language and a, a unique bunch of signals that you give each other that, uh, you know, which then, you know, when, sadly, uh, your animal passes away, uh, you feel. You feel that because you're like, oh, there was a connection here. There was a back and forth, and now half of that is gone. Mm. Like, oh. Mm, okay that's that's uh that's tough uh but while while you got it it's like hmm, we got each other <laughs>
1: it was, yeah it was nice last night there was a, a nice sort of rapprochement between uh reese and l oh reese so was on the couch sleeping beside me and i was laying on the floor sleeping at my feet and that was a nice feeling It was like oh this is good this is nice that's how it should be it's family or a family yeah but reese uh i'm not a big fan of outdoor cats but lisa kind of you know, she's much more, uh, what's the word? She's much more of a sucker <laughs> and will give into any, and what animals want without, you know, so, uh, yeah, Lisa became an outdoor cat. When we got her, she was an indoor cat, but eventually she, she trained Lisa into allowing <laughs> her to be a outdoor cat, which is fine, I guess, but I would rather have like an indoor cat who's just like hanging around.
0: We've got, yeah, uh, Cohen's trained me to let him out without a leash, but I'm there. Yeah. With him, you know. Yeah. Uh, At the old house, he uh, betrayed my trust once. (laughs) We went back to the leash. (laughs) Turned my back for a second and he just uh, took a, took a a runner and was like, oh no, then we can't do that. Yeah. But we've now got, there's a, there's a laneway house behind us Mm -hmm. and uh, the uh, person who was living there has moved out. I found out as of yesterday. Okay. And another person moved in. I found out as of yesterday. And they have a cat. So oh. Oh. Uh, it seems to be an indoor cat. But, you know, uh, maybe it'll have to be some leash time for a oh. while. Just in case. Yeah, we'll see what goes down. Um, and by a weird coincidence, oh, the person who's living there, yeah. without saying who they are, okay, is someone who, and this is a weird thing. Sure. Uh, I've had a series of nightmares about in the past. Really? Yes. Here's here's what I guess I can say. I didn't... Your neighbor is Krampus? Yes, my neighbor... Okay, well, I guess they're, now you know. My neighbor is Krampus, and their cat is Black Peter. And you're like, oh, that sounds a bit racist. It would be, except it's a cat. It's a cat. That means it's okay. It's okay if it's a cat. If you want something, you know, uh, bigoted, well, you know, the reverse uh, donut. That's the... <laughs> The whole story. Um, you know, what What how was uh, this This person used to yeah. uh, uh, co-host a show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to watch the show on the regular. Okay. And uh, they had a thing on where it was like where they did like the top 100 or something. And every day they'd go through a couple more of these things. Sure. And I used to watch the show very regularly and I liked it. And then I had the flu at one point. Mm. And I had the flu for a couple of days. Yeah. And so uh, I would w- watch the show and then sort of pass out on the couch halfway through, just go to sleep. And so I would dream part of the show, Mm. and uh, and so I dreamed that the hosts were doing stuff, and some of the stuff was uh, mean and bad. And so I would have like these recurring like kind of nightmares of this person that I would have these fever dreams like during this time period of time, and uh, to the point where when I saw them at a comic con uh, where they had like a things set up, I was like, oh, I feel creeped out. Oh, there's That's really? the person who's I had those fever dreams about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, though I know they're a fine person, probably from you know I like the show and everything was fine. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm told, oh yeah, they live behind you. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm never going to mention that to this person. I think you should. Mm, no, never. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Huh. Would also, you, would you
1: guess- rather mention that to them or tell them that you have some college?
0: Oh I, uh, ooh, boy, I lose their respect so fast. <laughs> they're also a podcaster too. <gasps> Wow, who I isn't? Know. Who isn't? I know, I know, but you know they're serious about it. They're one of those people. Oh, Yeah I know. Where? Not us Where? knuckleheads going derp derp derp. Uh, yeah. Well, we're very serious in our in our uh, five hundred and sixteen episodes of derp derp derp.
1: <laughs> we're very serious in our in our kind of you know yeah.
0: our sort of like devil may
1: care attitude to, sure. to this whole thing. We care, but, but we are seriously devil may care. We care, but don't mind. As that's they it. Say that's exactly that's exactly what it is. Yeah, we're 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 in it for the minute.
0: Yeah, but like all of you who are listening to this, don't think that we don't care about you. We do. Yeah, we we do. Yeah, uh, but you know, if something goes wrong, and say uh, say someone who's in a, an ELO cover band uh, tells me uh, they hate me, <laughs> uh, I don't mind. <laughs> that's fine. It tracks. Yeah, yeah. I don't turn to stone. <laughs> oh really? No. All right. Mm. Uh, can you do more <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. They might be a man, or they might be a, an evil woman. Yeah, that's good. But you know, to me, it's all Mr. Blue Sky. That's what <laughs> you I. You are
1: say. Mr. Blue Sky. You're always yeah, seeing no, no, that, Mr., Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's, that's exactly what, what you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I
0: can't more? Any more yellow. I can't, out of my, of su- I can't get it. have got a lot of songs. I can't get out of my mind. I can't can't. Is that think "Love of, Is Like Oxygen" song there? I don't know. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I just don't know enough EL, ELO.
0: Damn it! Damn it! I wish I could do more ELO songs. Oh, oh well. well. There's not enough time to research this. I apologize. We
1: um we had kind of limited exposure to ELO in, in North America. They were a popular band, but I don't think they were like a like British popular here. You know where they had like tons of hits.
0: They're one of those bands that when you go, oh, I really like this song. Oh, okay, you want to do it for karaoke? Yeah, it sounds fun. Let's do it. Oh, this was a bad idea. <laughs> Is that right? You Why? Can't Is sing, this, you can't sing the song. It's complicated? too complicated? Yeah, you can't sing the song because yeah. it's like,
2: turned to so electronic. Yeah.
1: You.
0: Uh, don't bring me down.
1: That's, oh, that's what right. I
0: say. I say that those guys yeah, don't, don't bring, bring me, me down. <laughs> looking more. What do we got? <laughs> can't get out of my head. Telephone yeah. line. Last train to London. Hold on tight.
1: I don't know any of these songs. I know the... Can't Hold get on
0: tight to your dreams. Mm. Okay. That's all right. Shine a little love? No, nope. You know Don't Bring Me Down, though, right? Yeah, I do know that okay, one. Okay, very good. Yeah. I didn't like them when I was a kid. That's fine. I remember... Uh, they did fine.
1: Turn to Stone, I just thought it was a a risable song as a, as a grade sixer. You know, it's pretty... You've really done something if you're getting judged by a kid who's in grade six.
0: <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a little bit of a, uh, you know, in my head, a uh, little fantasy of like doing... Um, uh, Medusa uh, Short film With Turn to Stone Going on in the background Okay Yeah Which is just turning Various people to stone She just had enough shit Why
1: Why didn't they do that As a video
0: uh, I don't know Let's, I
1: think because It's not really The song It's The song is about Someone who like You know Is affected by Someone's departure
0: Okay Here are their Top ten songs Can't get it out of my head It's a good song Okay there you go uh, Roll over Beethoven They would More? cover the Beatles uh, Sweet talking woman <laughs> Cover the Beatles <laughs> Yeah uh, Sweet talking woman Okay Um uh, uh, I don't. I don't know how you say it. ten thousand five hundred thirty-eight Overture or one. Yeah, yeah, one zero one. Yeah, one zero five. Yeah, there years. we go. Uh, don't bring me down. Of course, you know that mm-hmm. one, Bruce. Uh, Strange Magic. Don't know it. Uh, Rock Area. I don't know what that is. Mister Blue Sky. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Do ya? And when I was a boy. I don't know what that song is. Do ya? Yeah.
1: Hmm. Do ya? Sounds like it. Sounds like it's from like the Roy Wood era, but I don't know.
0: They, You're the they grew expert.
1: out of another band, ELO. There was a band that was very popular in the 60s in England called The Move mm-hmm. that featured Roy Wood, who was kind of the main, yeah. main singer-songwriter. And he, he had this dream of like forming this band that would be like a kind of combination rock classical group. And so he, uh, ELO courted Jeff Lynne, who was in an, another band from, from Birmingham called The Idol Race. And so at some point, when the original singer left The Move... They were finally able to convince Jeff Lynn to join ELO or not join, ELO, join the move, but he joined on the understanding that they were going to wrap up the move mm. and start ELO. And so that was his kind of reason he came in because he didn't want to join uh. like the move. It was already like this big band. And he felt like I'm not going to be adding anything to this thing that's been around for, you know, five years. <laughs> and so they had some contractual obligations though. So they did other, they did like an album message from the country or whatever. And then they had had a few songs, California Man and stuff. But simultaneously with that, they also started the ELO project. Okay. And so they did two albums together. And then for whatever reason, Roy Wood, I don't know if he just wasn't what he wanted or if he just didn't, I don't know. He was kind of a mercurial character. He went off and formed another band called Wizard, which was kind of like a glam, it was a weird kind of like glam rock band with like a 50s element to it. It's kind of hard to describe. And then Jeff Lynn then took Yellow onwards from there. And, and uh, what Roy Wood did was he wrote like a Christmas hit. That's like a song that everyone in England would know. Oh, okay. Which is I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. That sure, was sure. a wizard song. Yeah. And so that's kind of like... His like fortune, I guess, is yeah, based, based in that song. But yeah, so you know, he, kind of, he did Wizard for a while. Then he went on to do a different thing. And but I feel like Do Ya it was something that was like an, a a Move song that I guess also was an ELO song, or was recovered by it was covered again by Jeff Lynn. Maybe he felt like the Move version wasn't as good as as what he envisioned, and so they redid it. I don't know. I feel like it was a Move song, but I could be wrong.
0: Have you ever been in a uh, conversation? with a music expert where you felt you were in way over your head and just had to just like go and just like, no, no, I don't think you would, you would ever, be I can usually fake it. Yeah. that's what I was thinking. <laughs>
1: Even if I, even if they're saying things that I don't completely know, or I, I, I kind of know enough about things that I can like go, like, okay, I can see where I can see what this is about.
0: I've, uh, the only thing I can compare myself to, and this is why I was looking something up real quick was, uh, cause I used to know, I guess I technically still do. No, uh Cliff Nesteroff, who's kind of sure. like the comedy historian. Yes. You know, uh, right now and is now in the States. And if you see like things on CNN on comedy, they'll always interview him. Uh, and uh, and and yeah, whenever I'm in conversations with him, I sort of feel like I can kind of hold my own and sure. I don't feel like a big dum-dum. Yeah. But like looking, you know, whenever I read his articles, I'm like, I know nothing. This
1: guy knows everything. <laughs> but he researched. He didn't know yeah, it when he started, right?
0: He knows quite a bit. He
1: knows quite a bit because he's researched it over time. He's amassed that knowledge, you know. Yeah. You know, like when I started Completely Beatles, I did not know as much about the Beatles as I did when I finished doing Completely Beatles, right?
0: And I'm sure that's the same thing with him and all his many books. Yeah. Yeah. No, he wrote a good uh, article on cancel culture for uh, I think the Los Angeles Times. I was just trying to look that up mm. here, and
1: uh, I guess that's in the news right now. So. Yeah,
0: and like his his take Again? on I'll just do a direct quote from him sure. for the for the Guardian, where he's like, uh, "The phrase cancel culture is useless," says Cliff Nestoroff. A comedy historian and author, it lumps everything together, dismissing valid and invalid concerns instead of addressing each situation on a case by case basis. So you know he's someone who knows about this stuff, mm-hmm. and so that kind of broad you know thing isn't uh, doesn't define things enough to you know just covers too much too much ground. But he but in this Los Angeles, is he
1: talking about cancel culture itself or people's understanding of cancel culture?
0: Oh, that's interesting. What would you say the difference is?
1: Well, I would say that if you, because you're saying the phrase. Yeah. If is you're saying useless. the phrase is useless or is the movement, is the cancel culture movement too broad in its strokes?
0: Well, what's, okay. When you're saying movement. Yeah. Are you saying it's a universal
1: movement? I don't think it's universal movement, but I do think it's, it's I think a, that that's the thing is I do think there's like a, a power base that people are using to like try to sway people's. Opinions and have people fired or have people. Where is the you know,
0: power base? Come like what? Where is this power base?
1: I think social media would be like okay. where people would. You know, I was just reading today. Again, this is
0: where it's, mm-hmm. this is where it's like a divide. Like, yeah, it's so many different things. I think you're lumping into one, but please continue.
1: Well, I was just reading today about an article about uh, two women who were awarded a hundred thousand dollars in damages mm-hmm. because the the one woman had posted a uh, a Snapchat video of her sister play fighting with her boyfriend. And in this play fight, the boyfriend had grabbed her arms and had him behind her back and was had her knee on her back. And they're just fooling around. It wasn't like a serious fight or anything, yeah. but someone screen grabbed that image and it became, it kind of, kind of went out there into the world right. without any context. And it was seen by uh, an activist who then began attacking these two girls. And bringing the storm of social media down on them, sure. and they both were fired from their jobs and lost opportunities opportunities that were the one was going to become a teacher and she yeah. lost her she, she lost her position the other had a part time job with border services with the understanding that she would eventually become a full time person she also lost her job mm-hmm. uh, you know and the fact that their house was vandalized a neighbor's car was d- vandalized their because you know, her address was posted, and people you know blah 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 now. You know, and because it was associated because of the the way that the boyfriend had his knee on her back, everyone assumed that they were doing some sort of parody of the ah, the George Floyd George Floyd uh, murder, which it wasn't. It was totally unrelated. It was just like like I yeah. said, it was just a play fight between two people, and the sister one sister caught it, you know, and, and just posted it for fun on her Snapchat. And yeah, so. But this woman who created this firestorm around them, you know, has to pay them $100,000 for destroying their lives. Not that she ever will because she's just a young person. Yeah, that's right. That's not real money. It's not real money, exactly. Yeah. I think the more important thing is the idea of trying to, uh, have their, allow their lives to recover. But I don't know if that's possible because so much has been destroyed by this thing. Right. So I do think that's a real problem. It's not, obviously it doesn't happen every day. Otherwise the world would be, it would be untenable.
0: Would you, would you count that as, cancel culture i would
1: count that as an example of social media
0: social media yeah Yeah,
1: in in action that kind of bullying and whatever that can happen on social media when people even if people feel it's right what they're doing right it still can be bullying you know because
0: it takes the it takes the concentrate and it expands it and makes it larger Yeah, yeah sure yeah anything that's yeah anything that's put on on a on a platform that can be seen by millions of people, absolutely. Yeah. Will have more you know, will have an impact for sure.
1: And I think that would be an example of I think that would be an example of what cancel culture is trying attempts to do, which is to, you know, control or to intimidate or to bring around some sort of idea of justice through action of of the other people in in, in this community of people, right? So in this case you're mad at these two girls for for this par- parody in quotation marks of of this right. tragedy we have to get we have to stop them and get them and you know and let everyone know we also have to try and get their mother fired as well because whatever it doesn't matter what the who, who's ever yeah. the the, the shotgun that. blast
0: and then say you got okay i'm trying to think of an example where it's justified yeah you got like uh let's say alex jones who uh you know says sandy hook didn't happen and yeah all this. yeah yeah and then people try to get him canceled like mm-hmm. actually try to get his show canceled mm-hmm. and like Put the put the all the impact of the internet behind that and trying and that yeah, is yeah. definitely cancel culture that's mm-hmm. a culture of trying to get a person canceled yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think when people say cancel culture uh, they never or seldom yeah uh, go uh, justified justified it's just like it's a negative thing of it's this wave that's gonna come and smash <laughs> so many things yeah, yeah and yeah. we'll just take out all the innocent as well as as, yeah. well as the yeah. good yeah. yeah that's why I think like what Cliff is saying is true is that the word doesn't work. Sure. You know? That's um, why that's
1: why I'm that's why I was wondering. I was wondering if he was talking about it as 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 a phrase or as as a movement was what he was. Best- I think I think so he's you saying think he's that saying the, the, the... the
0: phrase is not specific enough mm-hmm. and so it loses all meaning. And it's just a it's just something that you bring out and you and people nod and then go, Ah oh, yeah, yeah, cancel culture. That's the problem. It's yeah this culture of Canceling? Well, who are you talking about? You know, the culture that <laughs> wants to cancel it. But yeah. in the Los Angeles Times article, he just breaks down uh, through through history. You know uh, that there's always been people holding comedians accountable for what they've said yeah. to an exaggerated degree, and oh, like for you sure. know, you made fun of the Irish, huh? Well, the Irish Protection League, you know, die 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 die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They don't like me saying that. Um, <laughs> Blah 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 blah, yeah, yeah. and then too, of course, Lenny Bruce getting arrested.
1: Sure, and I mean, in his case, it was the police themselves who were the who were the offended parties. Yep, you know, especially like in Chicago and stuff, where there was a a real Catholic majority in the police force who objected to his you know parodies of you know his religion's ink and stuff like that. You know, his parodies of Catholicism as a as a you know as a sort of like big business. And that was sort of his thing at that time was to take the uh, the entertainment industry and write it over the world you know so politics becomes the entertainment industry religion becomes the entertainment industry yeah. that was lenny bruce's sort of thing that he liked to do in that part of his career this was an interesting
0: uh story was uh you know when people say you know you couldn't do uh blazing saddles now and uh, and <laughs> he mentions he mentions that uh You know, uh, Blazing Saddles was uh, Mel Brooks film released in 74 by Richard Pryor. While it was playing in theaters at the exact same time, Pryor was arrested in Richmond, Virginia uh, for using the same language on stage that was in the uh, the movie.
1: (laughs) Sure, of course.
0: Yeah, so so that was was going on and, Mm -hmm. you know, then gets into, you know.
1: Even Blazing Saddles itself was very controversial at the time. Yeah.
0: Well, this is the weird thing when people uh say, you know, you couldn't do that movie now. It's just like, well, it was tricky to do it then.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah. You know You could do that movie now.
0: Of course it, you could do that movie. It would just be now. it would just
1: be a different a slightly different movie because it would our sense of humor is different. And you know.
0: I always say South Park is on its twenty third season. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, oh you couldn't do that kind of what? The fart jokes? <laughs> You know, the N-word? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. what's the thing that you can't do? Did you ever see the Chris Rock show? Yeah. Like, what What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what? what's the element? The horse punching? Maybe. Maybe the horse punching. That might be the one thing that you couldn't do now. Yeah. And a horse wasn't really We're punching.
1: bigger babies about horses now.
0: We are. We are. That, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it kind of, it, it just mentioned some things like, you know, Sears Pulitzer's its sponsorship of Three's Company due to religious pressure. You know, George Carlin was, was arrested. You know, Welcome Back Cotter was banned in Boston <laughs> because they feared it would trigger disorder. Oh, so the show. I people, thought because the
1: show was always putting down beans.
0: Yeah, they were really down on beans. But just like <laughs> they pulled Welcome Back Cotter. Yeah. Because they were like, well, you know what? It's going to cause trouble in schools. Yeah, yeah. So we can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, the, it wraps up with him saying, you know, comedians have far more freedom today. Subject matter, including uh, sex, religion, politics, or profanity, does not result in jail time now. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: no, no. I mean, that's totally true.
0: Right. And and it did. Yeah. You know, recently, you know. um, I mean,
1: no, I agree with you. We've talked about this before. And the idea that the idea of comedians complaining that there's somehow some sort of like prohibition against what, you know, them, you know, saying whatever they want to say on stage. I don't think that's true at all. I think they can say whatever they want to say. They better be funny. They better have a point. Better have a point of view.
0: Or if they're not funny, they better have an audience that agrees with them. Or they
1: better have an audience that agrees with them. That's right. You're going to find your niche. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You're going to have a niche as, as, a, as a comedian. It's pretty rare. You know, like, we've talked about it before, but I'll talk about that team, that team or whatever it's called, Funny 1040 now. Um, and I have to say, like, to their credit, they have a pretty broad, a pretty broad uh, palette of comedians. And they don't, they don't, like... You know, it's not all Larry the Cable Guy, and it's not all, or it's it's not all Patton Oswalt. It's a mix of the two, and across all the that you know rainbow of of comics, you know that of all of all stripes and and types. You know, we have female comedians, we have male comedians, we have color, we have white, we have Latino, we have all kinds of different people doing their doing their jokes and stuff like that. And there's no like attempt to like they do have like a little thing that says you know uh comedians opinions are their own we don't necessarily agree with them sure. but this is a place to to like so sort of discuss you know topics or issues of today through co- through comedy and yeah. if you you know you can disagree with it or not disagree with it it's up to you right and yeah, so, you know, that's, I do kind of like that element that it's just whatever. It, you can have conservative and you comedians. need a space for that. They have Dennis that, yeah. Miller. They have, you know, whoever's on the other side of Dennis Miller, you know. Yeah. They, they have Bill. Dennis
0: Miller from when he was funny, Dennis Miller later on. <laughs> they got both Dennis Millers for you. It's
1: funny. Lisa listens to it quite a bit because I, I just left it on in the truck one time and she's like, and I was like, oh, do you want me to put it back on CBC? She goes, no, I actually quite like this. Yeah. And, uh, and she, but she said, Dennis Miller, she says, oh, he's so, so not funny. But when you listen to him, you can tell that so much about him is that he grew up poor. Mm. And so much about him is to to deny that element of himself and to make himself into this person who it would have nothing to do with that being that person anymore. Yeah. I'm now this person. I'm a conservative person. I'm a, you know, I'm part of the, I'm part of this class of people, you know. That's a very interesting way to look at it.
0: Oh, if you want to get into that about, like, you know, what was Jerry Seinfeld's, you know, background, you get into like both his parents were orphans mm. and they really didn't pay any attention to him at all. Like, wow. You really get into this thing where he's like, yeah, it was fine. I just, it was, and they'll tell you this story of like how he grew up and it was like, oh boy, <laughs> You're not that's fine. no good. <laughs> You're not fine. Or, or you hear You're Jay Leno talking about, yeah, so I was living out of my car and, uh, yeah, yeah. and this. Uh, oh, so you were for how long were you homeless? Yeah. yeah. You know, and just like, well, no, I, Jim I, Kerry, I'd yeah. spent, the, I'd spend the night like behind at the comedy store I'd be on the steps waiting to uh waiting to you know get a gig I'm like no you were in an alley sleeping homeless yeah. that's what you were you're spinning it as in but yeah. I was waiting for the door to open while you were sleeping homeless in an alley for a long time do you, you know th- do you think that's denial or do you think that their success and their
1: comedy has allowed them to kind of to come rise above that
0: well you create a narrative for yourself and if the narrative is it was all aimed towards this Mm -hmm. and that didn't hurt me yeah uh you know because if you say my parents ignored me you're getting this from from people oh yeah yeah and if you don't want (laughs) oh then you don't want that and and if you say i was homeless you're going to get you know the oprah Mm oh and you know Mm -hmm. you need support and that's a tough thing to start then doing comedy from if you're the kind of person like a Jay Leno who's just, you know, the commenter on society. you got to be part of society to comment on society. Yeah. A homeless guy can't comment on society unless you're a character Richard Pryor is doing who's all oh, the wiser than you'd think homeless guy who's out here. You can't be that. It, the, America will not accept that. And so you create the person that you are, and you define yourself as that person, and then that's all you present. Mm-hmm. But then, unfortunately, sometimes, that then be, it can be very funny, but then, unfortunately, it's also very hollow. And you kind of, after a certain time, you go, hmm, yeah, it's not much to that. It's fine. <laughs> You're great. But, yeah. you know, you don't have that uh, depth.
1: No, that's true. I, yes, watching Jerry Seinfeld on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which I think is very interesting, because, you know, on stage, you can have a persona... On Seinfeld, he can have a persona. It's hard to keep a persona doing a show like that where you are interviewing people and kind of in conversation. Yeah. And I think he gives away a lot about himself. And I think, oh, a lot. Yeah. And I think a, you can really see, like, his kind of control freakiness and just the way he, like, he lives in a very black and white world, yeah. you know. Like, comedy is the greatest thing ever. Standard comedy is heads and tails above all other types of comedy. And you know, he just has this very careful, very hierarchical understanding of the world.
0: Right. And you know, and then you've got the world around him kind of proving it, going, Hey, you know, here's infinite money and this. <laughs> but, you know, his show didn't do well until the fourth season. Mm. You know, it was just lucky that it kinda of hung hung out and was around there. Yeah. But like up until that point, it didn't it didn't at all. They were always like season to season mm. maybe. Yeah. It was like way low in the ratings, but you know then, uh, then it took off and same with like you know uh you know Jay Leno had a lot of experiences where like you know here's the here's your big break here's another big break mm. here's another big break and you know and like yeah you know, Seinfeld did uh, that Benson show and got fired almost immediately from it Oh really? Yeah. He was uh, he was a character on Benson who wanted to be a stand-up comic and it was like this was his big big break mm. and you know I think like 3 weeks in you're fired mm. no one thinks you're funny get lost it's basically real harsh off you go And yeah. So, so when you're, when you've been shit on shit on shit on shit on shit on, and then you finally get some power. Yeah. You go, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And you fuckers don't. (laughs) And so I'm going to build the world around me that I need it to be. Yeah. And no one's going to tell me no because I've got money and I'm the head, head guy. Sure. And look at, sorry, I look at someone like Jay Leno and something they used to always complain about Jay Leno was he'd never have comedians on Mm. because that's not, no one helped him. Yeah. So why would he help someone? Which is solely wrong, of course. Yeah, but like, why would you? No, that's not it. I got mine. Yeah. You know, you get yours. Yeah, you weren't on David Letterman every month. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he was helping Letterman. Oh, sure he was. Well, he—I mean, he was good for Letterman. He was good for Letterman's sure, ratings.
1: Sure, but Letterman was good for him too.
0: Oh, absolutely. But it was mutual. It wasn't like a favor. No, no, it no. Was, but you know what you're I'm saying? Bene- yeah, but yeah. you're benefiting from this. I'm benefiting from this. Sure, okay. He, you know, same thing with like you know doing the comedy store. The only reason he's on and doing well, or uh, he's on, is because he does well. Mm-hmm. If I start, if he stops doing well, he's he's fired. Mm. It's not here because of love. Yeah, it's not here because of a favor. He's uh, earned his fucking place here, and okay. goddamn it, you earn yours, and I'm not going to give you a dime. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. Uh, you know, it's weird. It's damaged. It's interesting it? that both he and Seinfeld, both like, well, he mean. and Seinfeld,
1: love cars so much because car, you know, cars are a very personal control area. You know, like you are master of your own space, domain.
0: If you want to, sure, I won't
1: go Seinfeld. there, but yeah, you can.
0: It's the obvious way to go. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, Seinfeld's master of being in his car and driving at the same time, but it's uh, you know he's. For the people like that who want that kind of sense of, you know, I'm in my sphere, I have the control of this place, you know, the car is a natural yeah. place for that, you know.
0: Well, you, you're on the road as a comic, you drive. Mm. So you're use, used to that. But It's, it's part safe. of that, but I mean, there's a scene in one of the comedians and cars
1: getting coffee where Jerry Seinfeld's pulling out of a parking lot and he's signaling, which is not something people, everyone does, you know, which you should do, but not everyone does. And the person with him, I can't remember who, it, says, why are you signaling? And Seinfeld says, "Because I like to drive, you know." So to him, you know, a sign of liking to drive is to follow the rules of the yeah. road. You know, for a lot of people who like to drive, that's so you don't follow the rules of the road. You make your own rules of the right. road. You drive at the speed you want to drive. You don't signal to let other people know what the heck you're doing. You just—it's just your world, and everyone else has to make the, make their way around it. But to him, no, there's a set of rules, and you must follow those rules. They're set out for us to follow, and we must—we should obey them. I just think it's an interesting sign of a person's yeah thinking and and
0: well they both with cars it's this thing about like you know how will people know you're rich okay how will you pull your white tennis shoes yeah there you go really good really good (laughs) shoes but how will people know (laughs) you're rich you've got to spend the money on something yeah you know you've got the money and i know jay leno has that thing where he never spent any of the money he made on the tonight show which is which is basically a phobia. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, you know, when, it, when you see the movie yeah. comedian, yeah. all the other comics laugh at him about it. It's like, yeah, I know. Cause you saw that one comic who was really rich and then lost it all. Yeah. And you think that could happen to you. And so you've got to not touch that money. Cause if you touch that money, then, you know, then it could all go away. But as long as you don't touch it, it's not real. And it was like, okay, interesting. Yeah. But you've got to do something with the money that you make. So. Yeah, you buy a car okay. because you lived in a car yeah. and a car was all you had. So now you have to upgrade what you had sure. to show that you're fine now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean,
1: and also cars can be an investment. You know, not all cars devalue when you buy them. Yeah. They right.
0: But I think it's more a Scrooge McDuck thing. <laughs> okay. I, I think like, yeah, uh, it's like the first thing you do when you make money. I've been told. Yes. Is, <laughs> I've never well, experienced it either. First of all, there's two things. One, I'm interested. You know, that Lauren Michaels says about when you get money. Everyone goes through their first money. You get your money, then you burn through it because you don't know how to save money. You don't know what to do with money. Yeah. So because you've got the mindset of, I've got money, oh my God, we've got to spend it or it's going to go away. We've got to get the things we need to get. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like having money in the bank doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. you got to spend your money on things because things are real bank not real and possibly that's the mindset of the cars you can actually go out and look at cars yeah you can't look at your bank because something could go wrong with the economy and now the money's gone yeah but the cars are here the cars are <laughs> here anyway uh but the first thing that you do usually is you buy back your childhood okay so like what brought you comfort as a child i loved pinball machines sounds great pinball machines in the basement yeah we're gonna make that man cave with all very variations and all the things you like sports right that's comforting let's get some sports stuff there jersey on the wall Maybe some collectibles you like to the baseball cards whatever it was what's your comfort thing from especially when you were a kid yeah that's you buy back your childhood first thing hmm. and then what do you do with the money and most people don't know what to do with the money because it was never about money aside from survival yeah and you're surviving so what do you do
2: yeah
1: it's interesting. I was watching, um.
0: We'll make more of it. Well, who cares? I've
1: been watching the last few days, uh, Pretend It's a City, the, uh, Martin oh. Scorsese documentary about. Fran, uh, Leibovitz? Fran Leibowitz, yeah. Who, uh, who was a mystery to me. The person who wrote two books and, yeah, just
0: continues to, continues to tick along, I guess. guess yeah. You're, guess you're very funny. Um, and people buy you meals. So don't you don't have to buy your own meals. So yeah. you're just a delight. <laughs>
1: so, so she was talking about, uh, the first time she heard, she got a big check. She got a check for a hundred mm-hmm. thousand dollars, which she would never got before, it. and she could, didn't even know what to do with it.
0: Yeah, what do you do? She was
1: terrified of this check because before that, That's she would just, she'd get like a hundred dollar check. She would go to the deli, say, "Can I buy a roast beef sandwich?" and could you give me? Could you cash this check? And they sure. go, "Sure." They'll, so they give her a roast beef, you know, sandwich, and then they give her the, the change out of the out of the hundred dollars. And so she knew she couldn't go to the deli with this, <laughs> yeah. check. but she didn't literally didn't know what to do with it. But she said, "You know, I grew up at a time when your parents." did not talk about money no like i'm and i grew up with that situation too my parents never talked about money with me i, I have no idea there's no day.
0: positive there's no negative no, if you've got yeah. if you've got if you've got some then you're bragging and if you don't yeah. have it then you're yeah pathetic yeah <laughs> so there's no good yeah so
1: so yeah so like i have no idea what my father earned in his whole life i have yeah. no idea where what money he made i have no idea like you know yeah. And just, I've no, I've no concept of what, where, where he was in like his salary compared to what the, the house we bought. And so like, like, I know what the house cost. I but figured, was that
0: a lot for him? But was, was yeah. that a backbreaker? Was, was that, he
1: sweating it every yeah, month? Yeah. Exactly. You know, I like, don't,
0: I don't know it either until my dad lost his job. I have no idea. Like if it was like, no, this is fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. My dad kind of went through a same, like, he had like a good job at Quaker Roads. And he quit that job because he resented his boss. Mm-hmm. He resented his boss. His boss was like sponging off his ideas and kind of claiming no. them as his own. And my okay. dad resented that. And he, like uh, up to a point, he was friends with the. I remember we went over and visited their house and had dinner and stuff like that with his family. And was, and it was part of the reason why we moved to Delta was because my dad was friends with his, with his boss. And they lived in Sunshine Hills of all places. My God. Mm. And... You know, so we moved to Delta and then they, the office moved to Delta as well. And so they could be close to their office and stuff. And then my dad left. And I have no idea like what impact that had on our family. I don't it, like I never it didn't feel like like things changed that much. Or maybe, maybe we didn't go on trips for a while. I don't really. But I don't remember. I don't know. Like my parents never talked about it. Yeah. And now my mom is like, you guys don't know how to handle money. No shit. Because I never got to handle it. Yeah. I was a, a, I delivered paper. I like, I worked for years. I worked forever. I started grade four delivering flyers, delivering newspapers. I got an allowance out of the money I earned delivering papers. The rest of it went to my mom. And she's, she sent, she's the one who saved it for herself. Like, so I, you know, I got like a measly allowance, which of course went to nothing, went out the door because, you know, I want to do stuff. I want to go to movies and things. And maybe if I had like all of my, income maybe i would have blown it all or maybe i would have learned to save part of it or if i had been encouraged to save part of it and you know shown how it can accumulate yeah. that would have like created good habits or something i don't know because i never did and i never got that opportunity and so to me money was a mystery you know and still it's kind of a mystery like i i'm you know i'm abysmal at saving i'm better now but i was terrible like in my 20s and 30s so yeah like it's just a weird i don't know how we got to this but anyway
0: Oh, we we're talking about uh, Jay Leno and uh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> of course, naturally turned to this. I mean, I topic. look at I look at also. <laughs> sorry, in
0: in the in the movie comedian. Yeah. He takes a private like Seinfeld. Yeah. Takes a private jet to gigs around the country. Sure. And that just looks like well, that's insane. Yeah. That's an insane waste of money. But it's like the only thing I think is insane about now is just like environmentally, that's really bad. <laughs> okay. Um, but aside from that, it's just like well, he can afford it, mm-hmm. and it. It's comforting to him to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What else is he going to spend his money on? Yeah. He's going to be comfortable on the way to the show. The show is the most important thing to him. That makes him have a better show. That makes sense. Okay. this is There's good logic here. But to someone else, they think, oh, it's a prestige thing. Yeah. He's showing off that he's got a private jet. But does he
1: have it or does he charter one? I don't know.
0: Either either way, it's a load of dough. Probably he charters one. But...
1: I mean to him it probably isn't that much different than what he would pay for first class which he's not he's not going to sit then in but he
0: doesn't have to like sit with people yeah. and have people come up to him and he's sure. got to like be on yeah you know before before the show but it, it He bumps. can no
1: longer complain about airplane airplane food though that's a problem. <laughs>
0: I think I think there is a thing when you make a certain amount of money yeah it's it's like okay when you're uh, if you t- if you told the audience you were homeless yeah now you've lost them because you know they can't relate to that. No. But then also, if you're insanely rich, yeah, you've lost them because now you can't complain about anything, yeah, because you've achieved the dream that they want. So you've got to just uh, you, you got to almost like do a persona or something that yeah. like you got to you got to do the weird Seinfeld thing of just like minutia still bothers me. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I guess I guess I could see how yeah. little things you, would still bother you. Can't you can't
1: complain anymore, but you can you can. Look at the world in a certain way.
0: You know, men are like this and women are like this. I guess no matter how rich you are, that's the case. We saw <laughs> Citizen Kane, right? Yeah, that guy had problems. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> we're good with that.
1: Sure. We all saw Citizen Kane. Pretty common.
0: A lot of people saw Citizen Kane. If not, they got the gist. You know what's funny They is watched the Simpsons episodes that have parodied.
1: it. One of my friends at work has a list of movies he has to see. he's heard about them and, you know, they come up and stuff. And sure. One of them was Citizen Kane. So I was looking through my DVDs a while ago, just for something unrelated to that. But I came across my copy of, D- of Citizen Kane. I was like, "Oh, I should bring it to work." And I thought
0: it- <laughs> you were going to say I came across my copy of Deep Throat, so I gave he, it to him. Yeah. and I told him this yeah. is, Citizen, this is Kane. Citizen
1: Kane. Why? I'm sure that was the most natural thing you could think of. I
0: just wondered, like, yeah. when, when he'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know my my collection, my extensive collection of early '70s porn.
0: Just changed the labels. Yeah. Just saw when he'd figure it out. Sure, sure. Yes. Rosebud was his clit. So um, spoilers, spoilers for life.
1: <laughs> so I I led it to him, and what was really heartening was he loved it. Oh, good. And he thought it was like a really great movie. And I thought that's so good, like because you can hear about a movie and how great it is, and that kind of builds it up in a in a way that's not helpful.
2: Yeah.
1: Or you know it through osmosis. You don't know how much you know it, but you know it. Or you're just like. This old black and white movie, like, oh man, didn't they didn't they have color then?
0: Did people do people say they liked it because they have to say yeah. they liked it? Because you'll look dumb if you don't or is it actually entertaining?
1: Yeah. And he but he watched it and he just really, really, really liked it. Yeah, it's you know? very watchable. Without ever knowing like any of like the history of it or you know, why it ranks where it ranks. You know, that's this is meaningless to him. You know, yeah. he just has it he had it in his list and I just thought, Oh, he should he should see it. It's a good movie. And I was just happy that he enjoyed it. I just felt like, oh, that's good. It's, it's good that the greatest movie ever made, according to all these lists, you don't have to personally agree with it, but, yeah. you know, it kind of ranks up there for whatever reason. People, people it's so enjoyable.
0: That's good. That's so you had a thing at the end of it, which I, I have not seen in other movies. Which is, uh, they say, like, this movie introduced you to a lot of actors you haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. And then they show those actors again doing their scenes. Yeah, yeah. And you see them really chewing the scenery and (laughs) they're really uh, pumping up, you know, their names and everything. Oh, that seems very sweet at the end. Yeah. You know, it also reminds you, this was a good movie. Remember all these scenes? (laughs) This was good. It's a good good film.
1: Yeah, well, I think... Or well, I mean a lot of those people were part of the Mercury players that sure, sure, yeah. had been on stage with and doing radio shows. I could see with why he'd York.
0: want to do that, but it was yeah. it was something I've never seen in mm. other movies of just like now that you've seen that movie, do you want to see some of those scenes again with these <laughs> actors? And just like we'll really tell you who <laughs> those yeah, actors yeah, are? Yeah. No, oh. you don't see that. It's like here's your blooper reel or mm-hmm. here's your da 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 da. The only thing I could see that's close to that is when you've got uh, a credit sequence that's almost like sort of animated. Yeah. And they kind of play out or or they'll show video of some of the scenes you've seen before yeah, yeah. and then, then put the name on it afterwards like, Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good scene with that guy. Oh that guy. <laughs> yeah, I like that guy a lot. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it
1: is fun. That is a fun uh, thing in that movie, yes. To put a put a name to the face.
0: And the and the makeup not bad for mm-hmm. the old age makeup and stuff. Yeah, you know? really good job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I mean we're not uh, we're not uh, you know afraid to say Citizen Kane's a good film. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of the best. I don't know, but I am glad that, you're, uh, that uh, your that your workmate yeah.
1: enjoyed it. Well, it just I was just so heartened just by the fact that you know like it's so so often you can give a movie to someone and they bring it back and they're just kind of like they shake their head at you as they hand it back to you. You're like you didn't like it. They're like no. Nah. You're like we oh, didn't like the scene when blah blah blah. No, I don't know. nothing.
0: Didn't really do it for me. And you're just like ah. Oh. And you say to him like, okay, but whatever you do, don't watch the sequel. Like what? I'm not even going to tell you more about that. Forget I even said anything. What? What? What's the? And then he'll never know. And the rest of his life, he'll be just looking for like, what was the? Sure. Uh, what's the revenge? Sequel? And the sequel's name was Mank. <laughs> On Netflix. I
1: told him about that, and he's just kind of like, He said, you know what? I don't really care about that stuff. Nope. I said, fair. That's fair. I haven't watched it either. And I, I do care about that stuff. So,
0: it's okay. But, you know, it's tough because it's like, it's talking about a, a better movie. So yeah. You just keep yeah. thinking, like, I should just be watching that. Well, that's it. I'm not, like, a super big fan of that director. So, uh. That's always my, that's what I've always said is the biggest mistake you can make in a movie is mention a better movie in your movie. Sure. And just like, oh, don't do it.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> that's why no one wanted to see that, um, was it Under the Rainbow, Over the Rainbow, whatever it's called, that one with, uh. Chevy Chase and the Little People? Yeah, yeah. But making Wizard of Oz, you're like, well, there's a better movie. That's <laughs> the movie are talking about here. Yeah, you
0: also don't want to see, uh, The Freshman the freshman cuz they talk about the godfather yeah matthew brodwick mm. and uh, and Marlon brando basically playing the same character played in the godfather and so yeah. you're like oh that's funny he's playing the godfather in this huh. i should watch the godfather <laughs> why community. am i watching this <laughs> this is uh, no oh boy for me where i came up with the idea was watching last action hero and at the end you know uh, they say like we could summon you know people from like all movies like king kong or Dracula! Or like, uh, who are you going to summon? I don't know, this guy we just made up. Oh, well then... <laughs> We're going to license people, these these So characters. to the characters. point now where I've seen too many movies that have brought King Kong in where I'm just like, yeah, maybe that wouldn't have been a good idea. I'm kind of sick of seeing King Kong in other people's <laughs> movies. I well, I, well, I think King that- Kong and the Iron Giant need to take a little break <laughs> and not Michael Caine every damn movie and say yes to them. <laughs>
1: Well, I think that's a problem, though. Like, there's too much synergy. Like, all these characters are once upon a time were, like, broken up amongst m- many different studios. But now that there's this mega studio that owns all of these these uh, IPs, they can just throw them into whatever they want anytime they feel like it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, who cares? I
0: just, yeah, I just saw an ad for a Disney cruise, and, you know, there's this girl looking up, and she's all... <gasps> And uh, it's Elsa from Frozen. Yeah, yeah, And then, you know, I think, like, uh, her brother, like, looks over and Black Panther's there. And it's like, I don't think Black Panther and Elsa should be on the same boat.
1: <laughs> seems like, seems wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. They just want all that stuff, so, yeah. Just, yeah. I there's mean, Iron Man and there's Goofy?
0: Yeah, it's like, what do Iron Man and Goofy, they shouldn't be <laughs> here the same. Does uh, what if Goofy met the Punisher? I don't think this is should be I mean Archie <laughs> met the Punisher so yeah. but then Archie does Riverdale so you know Archie I don't even know
1: anymore yeah we don't know yeah. bless him hopefully Venom was there too
0: oh yeah yeah oh Venom yeah who would Venom uh, meet I'd like to see <laughs> Venom meet the Shmoo I think those two would get along I think the
1: Shmoo falls outside of Disney's control
0: you know what it probably wouldn't be too hard to the I don't think it would you know be. what okay here's where I think the Shmoo falls under then. yeah I'm gonna backtrack it here you backtrack Uh, they had a series called well To be fair, they had a a series called Fred and Barney Meet the Shmoo, you know, but they also had Fred and Barney Meet the Thing, and he's a Marvel character. So I don't know. But uh, so I just assume whoever owns uh, Fred and Barney and the Flintstones also probably owns uh, Shmoo. Mm. And Fred and Barney were just in Space Jam. So that's Warner Brothers. Yeah. So probably Shmoo is uh, hanging out with Warner Brothers, I would assume. Okay. But again, they hung out with the thing, and he sure ain't. Yeah. Well, if you watch Casablanca, you can see the shmoo is in is in Rick's place. So, <laughs> did you see the latest Space Jam? No. Okay, because they do do Casablanca. Oh. And they do it with uh, they do it with Yosemite Sam, I believe. That's that's there. Yeah.
1: Played again Yosemite Sam?
0: I think like Sam's there, and that's the whole yeah. gag. and uh, But they were gonna have that was the scene that was gonna have uh, Pepe Le Pew in it as you know before the, uh, the beginning of the, yeah, the, the yeah, beautiful yeah. friendship yeah yeah before the outrage <laughs> and, uh, and and so instead you know they had pennywise the clowns show and the and the all the rapists from clockwork orange <laughs> are hanging out and it's just like okay <laughs> fine well, what we... you needed was you needed Weird. pepe yeah talking to the clockwork orange guys yeah. going I learned something very important and I want to share it with you. That's right. This Drew yeah really straightened us out. No more the old slappy dappy. That's
1: right. A stripe down the back does not mean yes. That's what
0: the Pepe's just whistling, singing in the rain. Well, that's creepy. I don't like him knowing those guys. None of this is good.
1: <laughs> that is very weird. I just like the tone deaf. Tone deaf element of that is like it's like all the people who are making that movie, none of them have ever seen those movies. They had or read the books, so they have no con- they have no like no cultural context to those movies. Well it's just
0: so weird in that film having everyone in the background like in the audience not behaving like themselves in the slightest. Mm. Just like, Well, what's the point of this? Yeah. You know, just have like quick cuts to them and a quick gag and a quick joke and a quick joke. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that would involve time. Yeah. It's like what what are we buying by you showing me Frankenstein Junior for a second? What's that? What is that? What is that at all? Nothing. That's nothing. You're showing me nothing? It's busy work. Where are all the penguins there? What's this about? Do they know each other? How do they feel about each other? I ah, just this is this is unacceptable. Unacceptable in an into the spider verse world. <laughs> unacceptable. The bar has been raised and this does not clear it, sir. Speaking of unacceptable, yeah
1: uh to now has the 2012 version of dark shadows the tim burton film oh starring johnny depp yep eva green michelle pfeiffer uh actress with three names who's in things um johnny lee miller actor with three names okay and other people who i don't know have you watched it i watched it last night this is kind of curious sure um how it do had. they have a Evangeline in it? They have Angelique. Angelique, that, sorry, that's played by Eva Green. Okay, uh, you know her, of course, as uh, from uh, Casino Rail. She's the, okay. Yeah, the love interest. And gotta tell you, yeah, not a good movie.
0: So I would agree. <laughs> okay. Uh, why do you think that is?
1: Well, I just feel like as a as a bona fide Dark Shadow White, right. I feel like they didn't get the show, and I know they want to make have some fun, and but I don't. I feel like I feel like like they didn't get like what's appealing about the show, which is that it's the show itself is like goofy, mm-hmm. you know, like they're like goofing on a goof, which I think is really hard to do.
0: Well, yeah, it looks like yeah, okay, fair enough. You
1: know, like you, you, did, you like the idea of like doing like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna take a Looney Tunes short and we're gonna make it funny. We're gonna make it funnier by like commenting on, on it, like doing like kind of like our own like jokes. Yeah. On a lo- what? <laughs> like it's not gonna work. But it's the kind of same thing with this. Like, like for one thing, they change they change the story of Barnabas in the movie. How so? So you okay? Everyone who's been listening to the ongoing Dark Shadows knows that Barnabas uh, was a you know seventeen ninety five was a like a you know kind of respectable landowner. In, in post-revolutionary America and had a brief dalliance with the maidservant of of a woman he loved, but at that time, he didn't think that she loved him, didn't think it was his feelings for her were returned. Right, And so we don't know how serious the relationship was between Barnabas and Angelique. Obviously, to him, it was a small thing, and to her, it was a great thing, enough to make her, you know, love him and be very jealous of, of him loving someone else. And so, uh, you know, Angelique, or Josette's coming, this woman. He, it turns out Josette did love him, you know, returned his love. And so he had to give himself to Josette. That was his one true love. Okay, And Angelique had to understand that their uh, relationship was over, that, you know, that you know whatever he felt for her was not the same as what he felt for Josette. And that's unfortunate, but that was the situation. Uh, Angelique disagrees, of course, so we know that story, that when she... She, uh, when, so Josette and her family come to, for the wedding, Angelique makes Josette fall in love with, with Barnabas's, uh, uncle, but it's one he was very close with, they were very similar, same, similar ages. And, you know, and they end up dueling and he, and the uncle dies. And then, um, you know, of course, then she curses Barnabas and he becomes a vampire, becomes this hateful creature, this murderer, this, you know, he attempts to like drag Josette into it. And I think, the show, I wish the show had gone a little bit more this way. I wish that Josette had killed herself rather than be turned mm. into what, what Barnabas wanted her to become. The show, they couldn't do that. They couldn't have a suicide because of network. So they had to make it an accidental fall, which is dramatically less, but I th- you knew where they were going. Yeah. And I think that's a better way that they wanted to do it. The, sh- the movie has Barnabas, uh, a young boy going with his family to, to America. Which is how the show starts. I mean, you can assume that's part of it. They build up Collinsport. They become like the wealthy family. He has a torrid affair with, with Angelique, who, who's a maidservant in his house. It's not Josette's maidservant. It's his own maidservant. Okay. Which is slightly different. Changes, changes the story a little yeah. bit, I feel. And then, um, and then of course that he falls in love with Josette. They, there's no existing relationship between them when he's with Angelique. Once again, changes it slightly. Um, and so in the story, just, um, Angelique drives Josette to kill herself. And just, so it's not Josette reacting to what Barnabas has become. It's Josette being just driven by a, sp- a spell from Angelique gotcha. to kill herself. And then Barnabas, when, um, Angelique, when well, no, i sorry, when Josette jumps, he follows her. He follows her to his death. And of course, he's been cha- changed into a vampire, so he can't die. He just lands beside her dead, her corpse, and he's still alive. And then he curses her. And then she, and then Angelique leads, and then so instead of having the family dealing with this fallout of what Barnabas has become, the father, you know, racked with guilt, unable to kill his own son, having to like put him into a box where he'll remain for all eternity, you know, and having to deal with that, you know, Um, they have Angel- Angelique lead like a, a ta- the townspeople upon Collinswood, okay, where then they they put Barnabas into a box and yeah. they lock him away. So no, there's no, like, sense... Like, she just uh, actually also kills his parents but a uh, thing falls on them and kills them. And you're just kind of like, well, this is very unsatisfying because it doesn't make you care about Barnabas. Like, in the show, the reason they went back in time was because they needed to kind of... They needed to kind of rewrite on the run Barnabas' character because he went from being this creepy guy who, like, tried to brainwash um, Maggie Evans into becoming his new chosette and basically kidnapping her and... and You know, know, it's a vampire. Vampire is kind of like a rape fantasy in a way. So you don't want to have like, so let's get rid of all that element. That's creepy and horrible. Let's go back in time. Let's create a situation where a scenario where it's more sympathetic to what Barnabas is and how he became who he was. And we understand that it's a tragic thing. It's not his choice to be a vampire. He was cursed and became one. And that's why he's sympathetic to Chris Jennings because Chris Jennings was cursed to become a werewolf and what he does is terrible and he feels awful about it. But and so Barnabas understands this feeling of this compulsion to be a compulsion towards evil, but that you can't control. The movie has none of those things. So Barnabas returns, just sort of willy nilly kills people. You see him like murdering a bunch of construction workers, totally innocent people, just getting murdered left and right. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you're like, Well, I don't feel sympathy for him. Yeah,
1: who is his murderer, right?
0: Yeah, he's he's the villain in a bad way. Yeah. Who's the protagonist?
1: Yeah. What's going on? And Angelique's no better. She's like this person who's like, you know, driven the family into the ground, uh, you know, has spent her whole life like, you know, in this sort of uh, one-sided battle against his family, you know, like, you know, and has lived for 200 years. Um, And yeah, this is, and then the movie also like wants to, it wants to like have fun with like, oh, weren't the 70s, what a kitschy time, wasn't it? Yeah. You know. Like isn't it crazy that they he wants to hold a ball but they're gonna have a happening, or and then there's like a long sequence of I can't remember the song that it's done to but there's a sequence of a Barnabas like a montage of him living like in the house you know and things like him brushing his teeth and you can't see him in the mirror yeah oh hilarious no one's thought of that joke before I'm sure um him like sleeping in a linen cupboard. just things like that right you just at least I actually was watching it and she's like there's nothing funny happening yeah it's not like one good joke here
0: but the other problem too is. We don't want to laugh with him because he's a murderer of innocent people. <laughs> yeah, that's part of This it is too. the problem. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Hey, later on, he kills a bunch of hippies.
0: And gets high, I think, right? I know he, uh, he doesn't.
1: Blood. Oh, it gets high from the blood. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's the joke. Mm, hilarious. Okay. I mean,. He does feel bad about it. He says later on that you you ca- you caused Angelique. He says you caused this. I had to kill these nice people. Oh, doesn't you know? uh,
0: doesn't seem like that when you're killing the nice people? Yeah, you? yeah. He seems to be. He's not resisting. Yeah, either. yeah.
1: It doesn't seem to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why don't you kill yourself, Barnabas?
1: <laughs> well, the problem with I mean the problem like the real Barnabas, the real Barnabas, i.e. from Dark <laughs> Shadows, the the TV show. Like he talks about that. He what he changes when he goes back in time the second time. He goes back and he's a vampire again he says i can feel me changing and i'm you know i'm not going to be sympathetic to you he says to to um ben stokes he says soon i will be an evil person and i will not be sympathetic to you you'll suffer from me you know because i can't help myself i'm a yeah. vampire and so you know he he's a, a self-aware but you can't you can't stop this change in yourself too like you love the evil that you are when you're a vampire you know what i mean like you cannot you can't stop being evil because now you're an evil being, you know, and so you're not going to kill yourself because you're you're a remorseless killing machine.
0: It's too bad you can't have like a scene between Barnabas, old Barnabas and new Barnabas, mm. do the split screen thing and just like <laughs> actually have them meet themselves since yeah. there's so much of this business in there. And mm-hmm. eh, it's too bad because mm-hmm. it would be interesting just like, you know, do you hate me? And I don't hate <laughs> you? No.
1: Yeah, I just, yeah, I. but you're right. I mean... The way that Depp plays the character, unlike Jonathan Freed, who, you know, who plays him in a different sort of way, uh, you know, uh, Depp's, um, Barnabas Collins is 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 much more like a snob, a, you know, like you know he's he's doesn't he finds everyone distasteful in some way, you know, like and and he's yeah this it's uh, played up in a different sort of way. He's not he's not a he's not an appealing character at all, you know, like. The, the thing that worked for Dark Shadows was that people fell in love with Jonathan, Jonathan Frid's portrayal of Barnabas. Yeah. And if it had been a different actor, it, you know, or somebody who played it differently, it wouldn't have had the same effect, you know. And thank you to Matthew Sanborn-Smith and uh, Jonathan Bampton, two-time winner, et cetera, et cetera, um, for recommending to me a, a recent episode of the Dana Gould Hour, where he talks about the history of Dark oh, Shadows. Okay, yeah. And I was, but was listening to that over the last couple of days, and it is interesting. And he talks about it there, like the fact that Fried or Frid uh, came into the show with a lot of bona fides. You know, he had gone to London and studied the Royal Academy. He was a uh, he was he went to Yale and took and studied to be as uh, play direct and direction and stuff like that. So he had a lot of experience. You know, and and theater. The problem for him was he didn't realize it at the time because, of course, these things were not talked about or not diagnosed was that he had a form of dyslexia mm. which made it really hard for him to memorize the scripts every day because that's what he had to do all the cast had to do was they got the script every day yeah. had to go home memorize it come in the next day and perform it right. and he was not a fast learner he, he was a person who you know he'd done Richard III he'd done plays that had a lot of words in them but he had time yeah. to work at weeks it to do Yeah, that. to pre- prepare for it suddenly he's and then also because he couldn't wear his glasses he couldn't read the teleprompter and so there were times when he literally did not know what was he supposed to say Mm. and and that gave his character though a certain (laughs) look because he's terror he has this look of terror or he's confused yeah and people watching it who didn't know what was happening took that in their own kind of way and wrote and wrote that character in their own you know and they fell in love with his character because he was a sympathetic vampire and so yeah that's that was that was kind of interesting i thought that was a
0: I was just wondering like also with the with the movie if it was just too many <clears throat> times to the well uh with uh Tim Burton and Johnny Depp where we're just like, Okay. Here, here well, we are and Helena Bottom Carter and uh it's yeah. gothic horror and uh Yeah yeah. Okay, here we are. You know, it's it's never I uh, don't uh, incredibly gory, it's never incredibly violent. It's yeah. like real surface level. Mm-hmm. you know.
1: It's a very facile movie for sure, and and I mean, the CGI level is totally offensive as well. Like, this is awful to watch the CGI in that movie. But I have to say that I know we're mad at Johnny Depp for whatever reason, but I think he does, like, a great job in all those sort of things that Tim Burton throws him into. I think he's I don't really like the movie, but I I like his Charlie his his Willy Wonka. I think is like okay. a fine performance for what he's expected to do in that film. He does a good job with it. I think he's fine as Barnabas Collins. He does a I good don't think job he's with the flawed thing in that Yeah, film. I don't think he's the flawed thing. I think he does a you know, what he's being asked to do is is wrong. But he's doing a good job doing that wrong thing. Like he's yeah. taking what he's been given and, and doing the best he can. You know, like Sleepy Hollow, all those movies, I think he's fine in those films. I don't think those are the problem. I think I think Tim Burton has a kind of a facile mind and he likes surface, but he doesn't really like the depth. So he avoids, you know, really going deep into the things that he does. He just enjoys how it looks, how it sounds, yeah. you know, all, all the, all the There's effects and stuff like without that. without
0: consequence. There's a bit, mm-hmm. I mean, in uh, Sweeney Todd, it's a play. Yeah. So, you know, you've already like it's it, that's already baked in. Yeah. Literally baked in. <laughs> so, the darkness goes darker in that one and mm-hmm. I think that one. I've not seen Sweet talk to be yeah, honest. It works though. it works all right. <coughs> uh but, you know, uh when, you know, for most of his other stuff it's just so surface so that when you see these people off the top getting murdered, mm-hmm. it's like, no, you haven't earned this Yeah, and yeah. you're not going to pay this off mm-hmm. and that you get a kind of a happy ending for the Johnny Depp character at the end for Barnabas. I was like, no, you murdered those innocent people. Yeah. I need to see some some payback for what you did. Why yeah. am I on board with you?
1: Yeah. You know, in this. Yeah. And, and then, but in the, the ending, of course, the, uh, is just like a mess. They suddenly reveal that the daughter, Carolyn, is a werewolf. Yeah. But there's like no suggestion or anything at all about that element of her aspect of her character until that, this final like fight scene at the end of the movie. It's just like. Yeah.
0: There's also, uh, I think at that point too, I remember when I saw that, I was like, a werewolf again. <laughs> Every time I, like the first time I ever saw that, I think was like a Tales from the Crypt, uh, television show episode. And it was, uh, it was just a thing about a person was being chased by this, you know, yeah. either, either it was like. A person being chased by a werewolf or a person being chased by a vampire. I can't remember which one it was. Sure. Probably chased by a werewolf. That would make more sense. Okay. And then at the last thing is like, oh, but they're a vampire. Oh no. What a twist. And, you know, they attacked and they killed the, the other monster. It's like, ah, sure. Oh, they're both in the same world. That's neat. Okay. Good. Uh, and then it was like forever films about, you know, uh, underworld or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. the vampire werewolf wars. You know, later on we got the twilight. It's just uh, enough with whether well, there's a vampire, there's a goddamn werewolf. It's like, Enough. Just if just one. Just do with one. Let's deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. American Werewolf in London did not need a vampire to make it better. <laughs>
1: well, no. Nope. You're
2: right.
0: That would've been funny if there was just one vampire who's just in the porno theater <laughs> who's just there with his cape, just like slaps laps covered in his cape. He's just sipping on some blood and just like, "What? Do you want do you want any of this?" "No, just mind my own. Business. Don't look at me." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I just got away from Shut up
1: <laughs> um, Yeah So anyway I thought it was I think a, that's a good, a good uh,
0: Lead in to <gasps> Dork Shadows Time for a little bit of Because When I host Dave does Dork <laughs> Shadows
1: It's an easy way for me to remember
0: Yep And when, and when I don't uh, We get a little music little theme music. <laughs> All right, everyone. So there's always a treat, everybody. Yeah, we're We're full of treats. Always a treat. Always a reward.
1: All right, everyone. We start episode 691. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, By
0: the way, bum, again, bum, bum. Dave mentioned it, but Tubi uh, is where you can watch these. Yeah. If you wish. Tubi, which is really pushing their horror films right now.
1: They sure are. It's Halloween time. Yeah. Time for us to know that they have a lot of horror films. Uh, may I recommend one? Yes. Which is called The Taking of Deborah Grace, I believe. It is a found footage film, which I'm not a big fan oh. of. But it actually is scary. Like, it actually, oh. it, with the found footage, they are able to keep, keep the horror happening. And it is a really good, like, final scene to the film that really works. And has a nice little payoff at the end as well. And uh, it's a good movie.
0: All right. It's a so good movie. What, what year was this from?
1: Uh, it's fairly recent. It's, like, the last five years, I guess. Very good. Okay. The director of it... Just... Oh, I think he did the Escape Room. Okay. And the Escape Room 2.
0: Yes, Escape Room 2. Actually,
1: I have not seen, but I just Escapier. saw Escape Room.
0: I saw Escape Room. Live, escape, or die hard. Which
1: I enjoyed until the end when I realized, oh, this is part one? Fuck. Why not say that? So that I'm not expecting a movie that ends. I
0: think you'll find Escape is impossible, David.
1: Hmm. So, um... Now, what I thought was interesting, they introduced this... They introduced this, this, you know, like... Um... Dark Shadows always starts with an organ note, and then one of the actors intones a little bit of information for us. Okay. Something to make... Do they look at the camera they... while they do it? or do No, they... it's just a voiceover. We see okay. Colin Wood. We see Colin Wood. We hear this one note, organ note, and then the actor says, you know, a person or something you know is happening and calling with it. no one knows and it tells us finally tells us there's a bit of a plan going on everyone that Quentin's plan
0: mm-hmm.
1: is to drive everyone out of the house
0: ah so he pulls the fire alarm
1: so i feel like the the <laughs> yes i feel like the um i feel like the writers have finally settled on like an actual like purpose to what's going on
0: good good okay
1: so um they do a they do a redo of the last episode it takes a full 5 minutes <laughs> for them to redo the last part of the i it's thought almost it was really, like
0: the previous day was a rehearsal yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so as, as we remember, if you can remember, so Maggie is, uh, looking for the children around Collinwood. She can't find them. And, but she starts to feel like things aren't right. And she, she, uh, hears laughter, a disembodied voice laughing. And she, you know, understandably gets a little freaked out. She locks herself in the study. Okay. And then the children come laughing to the door, <laughs> telling her to come out. They have someone they want her to meet. Sounds great. And, uh, now, Maggie, you know, is a nice person. The children are outside, creepily asking her to come out and play. And what does she do? Well, she goes over and unlocks, unlocks the door. Ugh. Like all of us would. And she, she unlocks the door. The kids come in and they're all like, they, the, the kids come in, they're dressed in Ring their old-fashioned the gear.
2: <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> they come in in their old-fashioned <laughs> And they're followed by Quentin. Mm. And Quentin, of course, they're like, time to play our game. And Quentin mm. takes a uh, curtain sash. And he proceeds to strangle Maggie.
0: Okay. And
1: the kids are like, what's going on? This is not what we signed up
0: for. Does he say it's curtains for her? <laughs> he does not talk.
1: But, uh, yeah. So, um, now, of course, strangling is yeah. the major way of being killed in, in, in Dark Shadows. It's, it's cheapest. Everyone, <laughs> Bear, Barnabas barehanded strangling. It. It's always, uh, you know, the curtain sash was used before as if strangling means when uh, Joe attacked Barnabas. Now, um, now before he, he kind of walks towards her with it. He doesn't actually get it around her neck. He's walking towards her and then Maggie faints, which is very inconsiderate. Uh, okay. And at that moment, Mrs. Johnson and Liz enter the, the study. So Mrs. Johnson, the, the, the family servant, the household's house servant, and Liz, of course, Liz Stoddard, the, the matriarch of the Collins family. They enter the study and Mrs. Johnson sees Quentin, but Liz doesn't and then thus refuses to believe. That there was a man in the room who disappeared so quickly. Uh, the children are made to return to their bedrooms, uh, but they are terrified to do so because they know that co- that Quentin is going to is going to come and see them. But they're made, they're forced to go upstairs. Meanwhile, downstairs, Liz talks to Maggie, and Maggie confirms that there is a ghost. There is a person in the house. She has seen Quentin. They don't know it's Quentin, but they know there is such a person. And she insists. So, Liz, that the children are possessed. Now, in David's bedroom, the children, as usual, are, as soon as they're by themselves and outside of the influence of Quentin, they're really like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> Every time we do something, Quentin, you know, tells us everything, and then he tries to kill someone. Right? This is, so, they, like, they openly rebel against him. Fool
0: me 75 times, <laughs> shame on me.
1: That's right. And so, further troubles, he appears in the bedroom. Oh, and puts his hand over Amy's eyes and blinds her. Oh! And so Amy is blind. Oh, I see.
0: First of all, curtains, then blinds. And she. <laughs> I see. I see the theme. <laughs> uh,
1: Liz enters. Liz enters the room and finds the children in hysterics. They're like. They're literally like going around the room, like like as if they're like. Th- like in some sort of like uh we were watching like some old Jewish biblical movie where the characters are like, Whoa is us and like like walking around the room waving their arms in the air and like going down to the ground and then standing up and like holding their foreheads, Oh, it's so terrible and Amy's Amy's blind and Liz she convinces Amy to move her hands away from her eyes and she can
0: see. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so
1: when when Liz uh, tries to leave, the children throw themselves against the door to stop her, uh, and she of course she doesn't believe like in this whole Quentin thing and doesn't understand. But so the, then they start th- once again throwing themselves oh. around the room in this, <laughs> and this and pleading with her until and then and pleading with Quentin. They start saying Quentin to leave them alone. So that's the first time Liz realizes. She says in her mind because one of the things I like about the show is that people actually think. In, out loud to themselves But they don't speak it oh. It's just like You know It's like a pre-recorded okay. Part and they just play it And so she goes She like thinks And she goes These children really are possessed <laughs> Then she leaves them To go down To go over to the old house By
0: the way If <laughs> if you've got an actor Who can't memorize his lines yeah, that's, that's a
1: good out That's a good out for sure They should have Barnabas thinking more
0: Huh You know <laughs> They should they should just record the lines anyway. And then if he puts his hand to his chin, he's forgotten them. <laughs> Hit the thing. Uh,
1: so, um, yeah. So she goes over to get Dr. Hoffman, gets Julia Hoffman. Now, uh, time passes, and we know this happened because they have a shot of a clock. Maggie uh, is pacing around in the foyer, the entryway to the house. Liz returns. No Dr. Hoffman. Mm. She wasn't at home at the old house. She wants... So instead she wants Maggie to call Professor Stokes to get his help. Because as we know, Professor Stokes is your uh, surefire person to go to when you have any kind of problem, supernatural problem. He knows exactly what to do. So
0: yeah, they're, Liz... They're stoked about it.
1: <laughs> Liz then returns to David's room. And when she's in there talking to them. The rain and lightning suddenly fall silent. Ooh. There's no sound in the house at all. Ooh. Mrs. J shows Liz the children... They're both out like a light on the bed. They're just like laying there like unconscious. Suddenly, Quentin's music begins to play. And David sits up and says, it's too late. It's too late to be scared. (laughs) And begins to laugh. And is joined by Quentin's disembodied laughter. So let's assume it's the next day. They don't say that, but there's like a cut. Okay. Might have been a commercial break. I don't know. The next day, this is talking to Julia about last night. So it's a little bit of a recap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what's amazing, what's amazing, so Julia suggests to Liz, she says, they're not being possessed by one ghost. They're being possessed by two ghosts. Cue camera to pan away from them, go up the stairs, mm-hmm. and then stop on a close-up of the top banister. I don't know why. A door opens, and you see a light kind of fall on the wall on the other side. Mm-hmm. But it's just a weird cut. I don't know what they did. Because then, because then, uh, when they want to like pan back down from it, they do like, this reverse pan back down and then back into the, into the, the uh, drawing room of Collinwood. And Julia tells Liz about seeing the ghost of Beth. Professor Stokes arrives. He senses, he says, a change in the atmosphere of the house. And they're like, well, you should have been here last night. And he's like, oh, you should feel it now.
0: By the way, I was just looking up, what's a group of ghosts called? A group of ghosts? A quarry. It's actually called a fright. Oh, that makes sense. I guess that's what that's what various people say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unconfirmed.
1: Unconfirmed. Uh, Professor Stokes arrives. He complains about. He says he apologizes for being late. Complains about a meeting being being overly long. And then, as I say, he senses the change in the atmosphere of the house. He then asks Julia and Liz to explain everything that's happened. But here's the amazing part. Yeah. They cut away.
0: But I want to know.
1: You too late? But. what, Not gonna explain it.
0: What, what's more interesting than that?
1: They cut away. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, where are we going?
0: Where are we going? It's gonna be
1: a long scene of uh, a big giant recap of everything that's happened. Nope, we cut to Chris Jennings. Okay, moping at home as usual. The phone rings and he backs away from it like it's a bomb. So he's like pacing the room, looking at the phone, and finally he answers. Oh, oh. It's Jeff's Clark. I mean, it's Ned Stewart phoning. Ned, of course, came uh, revealed himself last time as the brother of Sabrina. Okay. A woman who Chris was in love with and who Chris turned into a werewolf in front of, he knows. But he doesn't know what happened after that because he skedaddled, as one does when one thinks you murdered your girlfriend. Uh, Ned calls. He demands that Chris come see his sister Sabrina right away. After he hangs up, Chris pulls a framed picture out of the drawer and looks at it. But we don't get to see the, who the picture is of. I assume it's Sabrina, but he doesn't. we don't get to see it. Very frustrating. It could
0: be his college diploma.
1: Could be his college diploma. It's like, I'm maybe a werewolf, but I got more than some college Ian. <laughs> meanwhile, Stokes surmises that the children are I in got danger.
0: RK. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ouch.
1: Um, meanwhile, Stokes, as I was saying, figures out that the children are in danger of being fully possessed but are not yet fully possessed. So we have some time. We can stop this from happening. Um, so they're not completely in the ghost power. Chris calls Collinwood to speak with Julia. He wants to see her right away. Won't say why. So she has to leave. We cut to a close-up of the framed picture. It's a beautiful young woman with dark hair, with brunette hair. Uh, Julia convinces a reluctant Chris to see Sabrina. He says, you're never going to know what this is all about until you see her. He's like, well, she'll know I'm a werewolf. Well, if she knows now, she's going to know after. It doesn't really matter. He's like, I think I should just leave. He's like, nope, you got to confront this. At Collinwood, Liz is doing some paperwork at a desk. The hidden panel in the drawing room opens behind her, and a disembodied hand grabs a letter opener, raising it over top of Liz, preparing to stab her. Professor Stokes enters and calls out Liz's name. The letter opener is dropped on the floor, and the hand disappears. And she's like, why are you interrupting me by yelling? He's like, but I was trying to st-. no. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, back at the cottage, I'm not doing a lot of cutting back and forth here. Chris right. calls Ned and arranges to come over, and then Ned hangs up the phone. We see Ned in a supposedly in a hotel room. It does not look like a hotel room. It looks like an apartment. Everyone, there's no way on earth that a hotel room would look like the way this looks. But that's fine. Whatever. They just needed to like repurpose someone's bedroom into a hotel room. Um, we cut back to Collinwood. Stokes tells Liz that. He wishes to perform an exorcism
0: out of the oh, house. Who doesn't?
1: Of course. I've always wanted to do it myself. Uh, commercial break. Okay. Ned is I'm pacing. For tide. A man <laughs> trying to get stains out of a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this, I just kind of think, because sometimes it's weird, like there's like a weird cut and they'll be like the same thing and you're like, how come? Oh, it's commercial break. Yeah. Ned is pacing his hotel room. I put that in quotation marks. Hotel room. Chris arrives with Julia, upsetting Ned. He didn't want, he wanted Chris to come by himself. Like, why are you bringing your friend? He's like, I didn't know. I didn't know I couldn't bring a friend to see my old girlfriend. But anyway. Ned then goes to get Sabrina and returns, pushing her in a wheelchair. Sabrina is strangely pale. Her hair is shock white. Okay. And she is in a catatonic state.
0: She's about to start a prog rock band.
1: (laughs) At the sight of Chris, she begins to move. She moves her hands. She kind of lifts her hands up. To Ned's amazement, she raises her hand as if pointing at Chris and then attempts to stand up before falling on her face. I laughed. (laughs) I did not. Julia and Chris return to Collinwood. That's all we see of that sequence. Julia and Chris return to Collinwood. Julia insists, I think rather tastelessly on looking at the bright side of Sabrina's catatonic state. At least she can't tell anyone about you. (laughs) Yeah. And then happy Chris, (laughs) and then happy Chris storms off. He's like, I wish you could tell about me. I don't want to see her like this. This is terrible. He leaves. <laughs> Professor Stokes finds Julia in the foyer or entryway and insists that Julia help him with the exorcism. He tells her, you're going to be in the house. I'm going to be outside. She's like, great with a ghost. <laughs> As he and Julia, um, discuss their plans in the drawing room, Stokes moves towards the hidden panel and opens it quickly, revealing an eavesdropping David. <gasps> <laughs> I was just playing hide-and-seek, he tells them. Stokes talks with David. He explains possession, what being possessed means.
0: Nine tenths of the law.
1: And then... Tra- <laughs> the joke I made. Yeah. Good for you. you got keep,
0: Yeah, keep it going. Tricks David. Balls in the air.
1: Tricks David into revealing he is being haunted by Quentin. And then uh, Stokes also reveals that Amy has been sleeping upstairs for the last hour, so he couldn't have been playing hide-and-seek with her. Nice try, David. Wow. Outside... Carolyn is sitting by the fountain. Initially, she is being spied on by Quentin. But he recedes into the background when Chris arrives to announce that he's leaving Collinsport. Mm. I am split in town. I got a girlfriend who's trying to stand up from a wheelchair. Her hair is totally white. And I think I should leave.
0: And on this chart, I'm going to write some Collinsport.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, they both admit to each other that they're in love. But, you know. That's, and that's why Chris has to leave. He says, I love you too much. Aww. I have to leave. After Carolyn leaves, <laughs> Julia stops him from, Julia talks to Chris and says, you can't go. And he's like, well, why? I, you know, I'm a danger to people. I need to yeah. leave here. Yeah. And she goes, well, I didn't, we haven't, I didn't tell you this before, but I have to tell you now. Amy's possessed by a ghost. <laughs> and he's like, why wasn't I told this before? Which is a reasonable question, I think. But Julia's like, you know what? I was born to lie. So I'm not going to tell anyone the truth about anything that's happening. So don't worry about that. So then uh, Stokes, who plans to perform, like I said, wants to perform the exorcism outside, wants Julia and Carolyn to keep David in the drawing room. Because David, I guess, is the center of, of Quentin's haunting. Yeah. So when da- Carolyn and David come downstairs, Quentin's music begins to play. A thunderstorm breaks out. And worst of all, a gust of wind blows open the drawing room window. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Outside. Professor Stokes begins to perform the exorcism, intoning portentously. Well, and this is the part I find really kind of weird. Holding a dousing rod.
0: What's it so like? Do- is that uh, you find water with?
1: Yeah, but you know it has like the forked piece yeah. of the stick, and you hold the two ends, yep. and then it it magically points up or down. Sure. He's not holding it correctly, by the way, and he's just using it for I don't for an exorcism. I guess because they couldn't use it, they couldn't use a cross because they they kind of have religious imagery in the show, so okay. they they would I guess they needed something a prop that worked and had some sort of like mystic element to it so they settled on a dousing rod i don't know if that was where they should have settled but that's what they settled on okay and settled is the word so he's there you know spirits leave this house and they're like tittering because he's holding a dousing rod
0: (laughs) we're made of water
1: (laughs) inside the house a terrified david faints oh suddenly the music ceases and the storm storm stops david wakes up confused because he can't remember even being brought downstairs. He has no idea why he's there. And exhausted Stokes comes in and he says, this is good. And everyone's like, hooray, we've solved it. He says, not so fast. We don't know what we've done here. We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to go up to my room. I'm exhausted after standing outside yelling with a dousing rod on my hands. I'm going to go upstairs and take a rest. So in his room, Professor Stokes is in there and he looks in the mirror and instead of his own image, he sees a laughing Quentin. Oh, Suddenly, the curtains by the window burst into flames. The room is on fire. Um, Stokes, a little worried, mm-hmm. attempts to leave the room. The door's locked. He can't get out. He calls for help, but there's no response. So instead, he takes a shoe and he smashes the mirror. And suddenly, the fire is gone. The fire is out. An irate Roger comes to Stokes' room, not about the mirror. He doesn't, doesn't think, say anything about it, which is weird.
0: He comes to Stokes' room. It's no big
1: deal. He comes, he's just upset that Stokes has been uh, getting his sister into a tizzy about ghosts. And he said, uh, you make my sister Lizzie tizzy (laughs) about ghosts and forbids Stokes from leaving his room, which is weird. I guess Stokes is a very polite guest and uh, listens to his hosts, but he is forbidden from leaving his room. Meanwhile, Liz and David are talking in the drawing room. She's trying to draw him out to discuss it, but David doesn't want to. Suddenly, Quentin's music begins to play. Liz goes outside to call Stokes. The drawing room door is slammed shut, trapping David in the drawing room. Quentin appears. David tries to cry for help, but Quentin takes away his voice. Uh, Fortunately, Liz and and Stokes are able to force their way into the room and they find a a scared David who runs out of the drawing room and right out of Collinwood. He runs and we find him at uh, the old house with Barnabas. And he and Barnabas are talking, and Barnabas is trying to like draw out what exactly is going on here. David thinks the old house will keep him safe from Quentin. Roger arrives, and after remonstrating with David and trying to get him to come back, he agrees to David staying the night at the old house with Barnabas. After his father leaves, David begins to tell Barnabas the truth about Quentin. But Quentin appears at the window, staring at David and David is scared into silence and instead he just runs from the room, upset. At Collinwood, Liz and Stokes discuss, let me turn the page, everyone, discuss what to do next. Despite the skeptical Roger's non-help, Stokes suggests that, uh, to protect the children, they, the family should leave Collinwood and take shelter with Barnabas at the old house. Liz agrees to this. And Roger, who's incensed at this idea, suggests to be thorough, they burn down Collinwood after leaving. <laughs> Roger remains by himself in the drawing room, because he's not going to be Better part of this. Better sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, He's amazed that his sister is uh, buying the snake oil that Stokes is selling. Uh, as he pours himself a drink, though, Roger begins to feel like someone is watching him. He goes and investigates over by the curtains, by the window, there's nothing there, but he feels like something's, something is watching him. Suddenly, the drawing room doors slam closed, and Quentin appears in the room staring at Roger. Later, Liz and Stokes come down the stairs carrying luggage preparing to leave uh and liz decides to go check on roger and finds him sitting in an armchair shocked he can't believe it there really are ghosts in <laughs> collinwood
0: well this is something i'm seeing not sorry, i'm eating a sour candy i apologize can't believe it um whenever like a werewolf shows up or yeah yeah, ghosts, yeah. do people go uh oh my god ghosts <laughs> are real
1: yeah i know it's so weird right like we've We've already had, like, all these mysterious things happening. We saw, yeah. they saw the ghost of Barnabas' sister, who yeah. I, I can't, sorry, I can't remember her name. But they saw that ghost, like, they tried to contact her through through the, yeah. through the a seance. So why are you now, like, doubting ghosts? Yeah. But anyway.
0: That ship sailed, man. That ghost <laughs> ship has sailed. <laughs>
1: Roger then agrees that he will leave with Liz and the rest of the, f- the family. And as they leave, he defiantly cries out to the ghost of quentin that they will be back after the doors close quentin's laughter fills the house and the episode ends with quentin's theme playing with the quentin's music playing while the camera pans through the house through all these various rooms of the house all empty of anyone and ends with the ghost of quentin collins standing triumphantly at the top of the stairs looking out over his domain and uh it's the first time in over 150 years the Collins family has been exiled from Collinswood, and that's where we'll end this week's episode of Dork Shadows. I guess I should say this bi week's episode of yeah, Dork Shadows. That's right. There An we go, exhalation. everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. I think things are kind of picking up a bit. Apparently, the the uh, the real drag scriptwriter who was constantly wanted to slow things down and recap and do a lot of like non like very uninteresting non-event episodes has left the show. And so we're left with the people who just want to get going. They want a breakneck pace. They want stuff to pick up. So we're getting stuff where like, it's like, what happened last night? Well, let me tell you, or let's cut. Let's cut to something else that's more interesting. Yeah, it's good.
0: Now, are we at a time when the show is kind of at the height of its popularity? Sure.
1: Okay. According to Dana Gould, uh, when he's talking, it he said uh, seven, seven to nine million people watched it every day. Wow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It was literally a show... The kids ran home from school to watch at four o'clock.
0: Did its budget go up uh, because of that? No, that, that does there? not
1: happen. Huh. Right. <laughs> I mean, they had you know they got stuff over time. They got like a a screen. You know, they could do like kind of like early kind of blue screen stuff, and yeah. that's what that's what the disembodied hand effect is 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 used for, or is is an example of. So, I mean, they did have some more effects and stuff, but the show was still unedited. You know, a one shot. You know, just yeah. shoot it. That's it. Wrap. Okay. You know, so yeah, it was just, it, cause none of those shows had much of a budget. The problem with Dark Shadows compared to say a show like General Hospital, which existed at the same time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: was General Hospital could lock off the camera and just do a two shot of people talking in a room, in a, you know, hospital room or in a, in the lobby or whatever, you know, the, the by the nurse's station, let's say okay. they could just have that. Just a simple shot, right? Just two people yakking like it's a play. But Dark Shadows didn't do that. Dark Shadows had ambition to be more interesting than that. And so they would, they would have like, you know, close ups. They would have like Dutch angles. They would have a character in shadow. They would have, you know, things that were interesting happening. They would have like a scene of people walking through a darkened chamber carrying a, carrying a torch, you know, or carrying a candle. They would do interesting things. And all that was more complicated and created more problems. So more, likelihood of accidents and things but at the same time the payoff was was it was phenomenal so yeah you kind of got to admire that element of it for sure neat all right i i assume that we'll go from here to, to letters
0: we were going yeah and I, we and we will i'm just wanted to look at something real fast oh, okay what are you gonna look at and i was just curious if because uh, it feels like this is the kind of show uh that would ha- have zines made about it
1: Oh, yeah, I imagine so. I mean, there's blogs now, but, yeah, I imagine so that there would have been Dark shadow zines in Uh, in their day, for sure. Apparently,
0: oh, my gosh, quite, quite, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's get out our old fact sheet five and see what we can find.
0: Yeah, there's infinite uh, Dark shadow zines.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that people loved it so much. I mean, it's a show that really, it speaks to the outsider, and, I mean, that's why... The blog that I like to read, um, Dark Shadows Every Day was written by a kid who was gay, or but now he's a gay, gay adult, obviously. But when he was a kid, I mean, he was someone who had feelings that were not accepted, you know, and he had to find some, you know, some outlet or some way of understanding them and some way of, of dealing with this. And, and the way he dealt with it was fall in love with these, all these crazy outsiders that were made at the cast of Dark Shadows, you know, and that was his way of, of 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 dealing with the fact that he was an unacceptable person in his community you know
0: why don't you name me uh i will do this three times name me a letter and i will tell you a dark shadows fanzine with that all right e e yeah very good uh e uh the eagle hill sentinel and echoes dark shadows zine love it okay eagle
1: hill that's the cemetery
0: yeah um how about v V, Vampire at Collingwood, The Vampire pa- Papers, and Victoria Winters. <laughs> All right, how about... One,
1: one last one. One last one. N, letter N. N.
0: okay. Uh, Never and Again, The Night of Dark Shadows Publicity, okay. Stillbook, uh, Night Waves, and No Other Love. Huh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of... You notice
1: I didn't say Q, because Quentin would immediately come up. Q,
0: uh, there are no Qs. There's no Quentin's. No, you could have. Uh, you could have started one there. I'm going to start that.
1: That's going to be my fanzine.
0: Yeah. For A, I'll just tell you. Uh, among the Shadows, our yeah. old acquaintance, uh, best forgotten, and as shadows fall. Hmm. These are all good titles yeah. for episodes.
1: Well, the show was originally going to be called. Was originally titled Shadows on the Wall. Nice. Before it was given the better title of Dark Shadows.
0: Holy moly! <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a link to this later because it's, sure. it's interesting. Uh, so last week on our show, we asked a couple of questions, and we here did. was we what uh, we, we uh, asked. Uh, we talked about the 1950s and asked, like, what was funny in the 50s? Yeah. Uh, a decade known for its button down sensibilities. And also, uh, who's a cartoonist you like? Hey, who is that? So we got some letters, my friend. That is how this goes. Okay. Our friend Chris Roberts wrote, Dave's having some of the candy now. Mm-hmm, uh, Dave beat me to the punch by nominating Bilko as a genuinely funny show from the 50s. In fact, uh, when you're talking about favorite sitcom episodes a few weeks ago, I almost nominated the one where a chimpanzee sits, uh, sits at the uh, army entrance exam. Uh, it's hard to say who has the better comic timing here, Phil Silvers or the chimp, but their scenes together are an improv master class. Uh, Jacques Tati was arguably, arguably, ah, I got Tati right, and then I got arguably <laughs> wrong. At his peak in the nineteen fifties, Mister Hulot's Holiday yep. uh, remains a delight from start to finish, and Mon Oncle has some brilliant scenes. Over here, we had the gloriously silly goons on the radio, and the uh, and by uh, over here, that's Scotland. Is that right for well, Christ? England, Great
1: Britain, yeah, and Great Britain.
0: Sorry yep. about that. Uh, and and, and uh, often uh, dark Ealing uh, Studios comedies like The Lady Killers, very good, and The Lavender Hill Mob on mm. the big screen. I get those two confused sometimes. Otherwise, though, it really does appear that laughter uh, was in short supply during that decade. And a cartoonist who I really like is Steve Bell, who was uh, contributing political cartoons to The Guardian way back when I started reading the paper in the 1980s, and is still a master of the craft. You'd have to follow UK politics pretty closely to get all the jokes and references, but the artwork alone is worth viewing for his tremendous line skills, brushwork, and gift for caricature. Uh, He has a unique style that is instantly recognizable. And it was lovely to hear Dave's top five, six, lady songs (laughs) this week. The Popcorn Rebellion uh, were what the Archies could have been if Keith Moon sat in on drums. <laughs> Judy Sill is a huge favorite of mine, and it was great to hear a David Crosby song I hadn't encountered before. Speaking of Cros do you know that great story Van Dyke Parks told about Terry Melcher, the Birds and the Beach Boys producer? I really hope it's true. Do you know what story this is?
1: Uh well, I've read the letter, so
0: oh, very good. I do
1: know. I do know the story. I
0: didn't I actually never heard it before.
1: Or maybe I, no, I don't think I'd ever heard it before. Okay,
0: yeah, I was just wondering if you had heard it before the live. It sure. seems uh, Melcher once described Crosby as the worst person he'd ever dealt with in music bu- in the music business. Uh, asked who was second worst, he replied, "Charles Manson."
1: Well, Charles Manson—that—that that was Terry Melcher's house that Charles Manson killed the uh, the um, Sharon Tate. They were renting his house cause, Yep. You know who's? Um,
0: By the way, mm, if you want to know how to kill a laugh, that's what you bring up right immediately <laughs> afterward. That's how you do it. Do <laughs> um, you know whose uh, mother? You know who's... Who
1: the mother of Terry Melcher was? No. Doris Day.
0: Oh. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so-ra, so (laughs) Um, P.S. Sorry, my John Lennon reference last week was a deeper cut than I thought. The target was number nine dream from Uh. the Walls and Bridges album. I've listened to it, but it's not that one I listen to very much. Sorry, I missed it. I guess I have to
1: to turn in my Beatle fandom hat.
0: And P.P.S. in response to last week's question. Have you ever done work around your home? Uh, have you ever had work done around your home by someone who was clearly incompetent? Absolutely. In fact, pretty much every weekend.
1: Love it. Chris, oh, I, I read play. I read that out to various, various people because I liked it so much. So there you go. And by the way, you're welcome for the top five slash six.
0: Boom. Uh, Louise writes. <gasps> Louise? Ne- neither of you mentioned Lady as a popular song. That would not be in Dave's top five Lady songs list. <laughs> uh, that sprang to mind as it was a huge mainstream hit for Kenny Rogers. Mm. Uh, then I thought, wait, didn't Lionel Richie also have a song called Lady? Is it the same song? Yes, it was written by Richie, but rejected by the Commodores, the Fools. <laughs> it was also rejected by the band the Fools. Oh, um, my, my favorite was Idiots. My fa- yeah, oh no, the I- Idiots uh, considered it, but they, they did, just couldn't they, afford it. They- <laughs> And then the freaking morons uh, said, we're breaking up anyway. Why? Because we hate our name. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then uh, it was picked up later in the 90s by the band. Duh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, My favorite lady song is Lorena McKennett's The Lady of Shalott, which is the entire poem by Lord Alfred Tennyson set to music.
1: But a woman who
0: really likes small onions. It's 11 minutes and 35, and if that doesn't make you cry, it's 11 minutes and 35 seconds long, but hey, if it's on your English lit poetry list, why read it when you can listen to it? I guess that's it. Uh, There were some Broadway and uh, movie musicals in the 1950s, which were as well as being funny, satirized things like small town cancel culture. Oh, listen, we've just told you that doesn't (laughs) exist. Uh, Religion, uh, class divisions, and the entertainment industry. Some favorite titles from that era include The Music Man, Once Upon a Mattress, Guys and Dolls, My Fair Lady, and Singing in the Rain. Well, those are some of my favorite musicals, so I was glad to hear those uh, mentioned. Yeah. Um, Mick Elliott writes Hi, chaps. Hi, Mick. Uh, Episode 515 was Peak Sneaky Dragoness.
1: Oh, we've we've done it. can fold up the tent. That's right. We've peaked. It's all downhill from here. Oh, dear.
0: Welcome to the valley. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, Though could have done with a little more discussion of favorite chocolate bars, obscure small town soda flavors, and an in-depth analysis of Fantasy Island plot lines. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, Dave. Yeah. On the topic of Fantasy Island. Yes. Do you think the various people on the island who appeared in guest fantasies Mm -hmm. were all aspiring actors on Mr. Rourke's payroll? Yes. Sort of like the actors who work as entertainers on cruise ships. You believe yes to that. Uh, I wonder if they were SAG members and whether they had the right to refuse certain roles, e.g. those that required intimate fantasies. (laughs) I never thought about this when I watched the show as a kid, but it must have been a challenging life for the live-in cast on the island. And I can't remember seeing the same actors in multiple episodes, so they must have had a high turnover of performers. Okay, yes, I'm sure in real life they, they did. But, uh, yeah, maybe, they're also, they really did, uh, lean into the supernatural element of things, so, uh, maybe they were real people, maybe it's all magicy, magicy. maybe the people are seeing things, maybe the people aren't real, you know, uh, like you say, we don't see those people again, so maybe they're not people. You know, at the end of it all, it would feel like they would just break, and just, like, you know, say, well, that was great, I'm glad to have help, but you didn't get that, you never got that. Um... Anyway, there's lots of fantasy islands out there. Maybe uh, someone addresses that in one of the many of them. Uh, anyway, this is uh, way off topic regarding funny 1950s content. I love all the heightened monster films from the era. They were absolutely played straight. My favorite is Creature from the Black Lagoon, which is so utterly over the top. Yet nobody in the cast ever cracks a smile. I wonder if the filmmakers were being uh, deliberately keeping the tone serious, despite the outlandishness of the concept. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote a tweet uh, recently just saying, like, even without the grabby creature, uh, why would you go swimming in the Black Lagoon? That sounds fun. Are they, are they
1: just swimming there? Or I think,
0: isn't it like a, they're exploring it or something? Okay, even so. Stay out of the damn Black Lagoon. Sounds awful. <laughs> uh, apart from Ian, Dave, and Nina, my favorite cartoonists include Hergé, Schultz, Adrian uh, Tomine, mm-hmm. what'd you say, Tomine? Uh, Jeffrey well, Brown.
1: Tomine, or whatever. Tomine,
0: Jeffrey Brown. Uh, Raina Tegelmeyer, uh, Craig Thompson, and Allie Brosh. That is a good batch. <laughs> yes. Jeffrey Brown is a really nice fellow, by the way. So mm-hmm. was Raina. Raina was really sweet. Got to meet her, too. Uh, Adrian, uh, no uh, opinion about Adrian. He was we fine. Met, we met him once. We did, but I've got no opinion, really. Yeah. No interaction, really. We didn't really, yeah. They I, were, was, I was kind of uh, hogging was the panel. Just,
1: they were sitting at a table and looking up at us, or me anyway. Yeah.
0: And you're kind of like, not reaching you. Yep, too hip. He was he was the hot uh, new thing for sure. He was. Yep. Where is he now? Oh, even hotter. Very good. <laughs> Edward Dragansky writes. Oh, must be the end.
1: Must be the end. As the, as end cause He's here, the, the
0: end, because Dragansky's here. The end. Boom boom boom. Not having been around in the nineteen fifties, I grew up uh, with my mom recalling it as best as one of the best decades ever. She remembers it as a blissful time of growth and prosperity, but as I got older, I realized that the atomic family and button down lifestyle was almost a cover up as to what was brewing beneath the surface. Mom and I still have this debate, and we agree to disagree because she puts as she puts it, you weren't there.
2: <laughs> when
0: when I mentioned the society behind the curtain during that decade to her like the uh, McCarthy Red Scare, Racial Injustice, And the rise of the atomic age, she declares that she knew none of that from her bubble she was in. So ignorance was bliss to mom. (laughs) I'm quick to assume the comedy of the time was also kind of a ruse or distraction from what was really going on. American situational comedy was uh, developed to mask the other side of society in the 50s and to keep everyone happy and wholesome. I remember mom sharing the Doris Day. Hey, we're bringing her up again. Rock Hudson films me when I was young. And it never sounded as, uh, uh, which I never found as funny as I did light-hearted. Comedy became sexier in the 50s and mixed innuendo with a situation uh, farce to appeal to the audiences. But in retrospect, it all seemed like a distraction to keep everyone entertained. Personally, I enjoyed Billy Wilder's films from the 50s as an appealing uh, maturity of comedy, as well as the brilliant performances of Jack Lemmon. So, to me, 1950s comedy seemed like it uh, didn't dwell as much on nostalgia, as much as showing up the funny distractions of life at the time, only under a large, looming shadow. Just today, I had someone reach out to me for any Al Hirschfeld, Marx Brothers art I might have. Mm. Uh, I quickly told them that I became a fan of Hirschfeld at a very early age, studying an inside cover of Life Goes to the Movies uh, that my dad had, uh, the two-panel spread on the inside cover was a who's who of Hollywood royalty, brilliantly illustrated by Hirschfeld, and I was hypnotized by it. I collected his work and took many attempts at mimicking his style, which isn't easy. No, you're his work right. is so fluid. You know? I tried it for a title card one time, and it was not great. And uh, did you finish that title card? I'm trying to remember. Yep. Yeah. Okay. What was uh, what was the? Do you remember what uh, what it was? Was it drawing up the dragon? Um, dra- no, it was
1: us. Of course, Sneaky Dragon would have been in it, but I can't, it was us, it was like a parody of the Fred Allen cover, of, well, a parody of the cover of a Fred Allen book called Treadmill to Oblivion. Yeah. So it was like the podcast is the Treadmill to Oblivion, and then we were sort of the Fred Allen in the drawing. And, oh, okay, cool. And I can't remember what Sneaky, how, I can't remember how Sneaky Dragon was incorporated into it. Is it, anyway, on, uh, is it on the webpage? Might be. Okay. There's some of the later ones I didn't, I never posted. Because <laughs> I, Yes. Yet. (laughs) Yet.
0: I've often wondered how many attempts Hirschfeld made to so perfectly capture a caricature of someone. I guess that's his secret, and it died with him. (laughs) Years before he died, I watched a documentary about Hirschfeld uh, titled The Lion King. I immediately wrote to him after... Oh, and Dave's got it. Yeah, Uh, that's
1: funny. I had it in my car, so I just brought it in just for the... Neat.
0: Uh, I immediately wrote to him after watching it to simply uh, tell him how moved I was by what what I saw. Within a month, he wrote back, uh, along with a little illustration of him, in his barber chair at his drawing table. Below the image, he signed his name with a little line that turned into a hand pointed back at the illustration. I'm a big fan of Al. And I hate myself. I just want to say, my
1: favorite part of that film, which I've seen, was um, him driving around New York City in this giant boat of a car. Yeah. Like this giant, like, you know, 1970s Old Mobile Cutlass or something like that. It's just like this giant thing that's, you know, just... Oh, he drives it like a maniac, too. That's great. does like a 90-year-old man driving a <laughs> ginormous boat around New York City. Cool. Crazy.
0: Yeah, that is not a city to do that in. No. Uh, I hate myself if I didn't mention how great Pia's illustration style is. Aw. And no, That's I'm true. not sucking up to you guys. I don't think you are. I know he's not the nicest uh, thing to look at, but Pia uh, captures the likeness of Donald Trump like no one else can. I'm sure that wasn't easy or pleasant, but it's damned good. I will agree with you. And yes, it was not easy or pleasant. (laughs) Ian, I remember asking you if Pia illustrated by hand or if she'd gone digital on a tablet and you said digital, which is even more impressive. Yep, she works on an iPad Pro uh, and was doing that uh, for all of her um, work, uh, editorial cartoon work. Previously on uh, Why the Last Man sh- and other comic uh, work, she did it on the boards, the uh, actual uh, boards with a uh, pencil. And then it was inked by uh, Jose Marzan Jr. Uh, Pia, if you're listening, I could yell upstairs because she can hear if I yell upstairs. But anyway, uh, Pia, if you're listening, your style is masterful and always an inspiration. Sneakers, if you haven't seen Pia Guerra's work yet, I'm sure you have. Take the time to enjoy it. Okay, plug for Pia's book. <laughs> uh p is uh p is uh, of course did the uh, comic book why the last man which is now a tv series i'll tell you more about that in a little bit uh she did a, a book of her um uh, editorial cartoons that she collected called me the people that's available uh, anywhere books are sold uh, especially like you know if you want to go on amazon no one's gonna no one's gonna judge you and we do a daily strip called mannequin on the moon uh which is a daily gag strip that is available at go comics uh, so just look up Mannequin on the Moon and you should be taken to there. Uh, she is an amazing illustrator on many, many levels. Just an illustration for a book on the life of Samuel L. Jackson that we just got a copy of today. Oh, wow. She is uh brillante. We also have a website called Hellkitty.com. Uh, and uh, on there, uh, there's you can see lots of uh, PS work. So Hellkitty.com. Um, Dave! Yes. That? He yells it. <laughs> uh, the return of top five or Six. <laughs> who said life isn't full of wonderful surprises? Who said that, Dave? Tell me the quote. Who said it? Um, it was, was that it? guy who died from an explosion. Is that right? Yeah.
1: that was. Well, it wasn't a great surprise. Yeah. You're right.
0: Yeah, that's right. That wasn't a wonderful surprise for him. No. Uh, I had uh, such a soothing feeling of comfort once those songs started rolling in. <laughs> what a great idea bringing back a little bit of listening party. Next time I'll have my rumpus room ready with a beverage. Thanks for doing that.
1: Oh, you're welcome. That's yeah. great.
0: Alright, so is that it? Have I regained my spot as the last man standing? Or is Crystal waiting behind a bookshelf to see what I write first? Oh, boy. I still owe Dave some food choices for his visits to the States. But maybe next time. Maybe. There's no way knowing if Crystal uh, is anywhere to be. Crystal is here! <laughs> Sneaky librarians are always keeping a watchful eye on people quietly behind the stacks or from the circ desk. Uh, will we catch Edward ripping a page out of a magazine or scribbling in a book? Of course not. He's busy using the public access computers to access SneakyDragon.com. <laughs> More of Crystal Follows. I've mentioned this before in the comments, but I still find I Love Lucy funny. Same goes for the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, since Ian opened the question up to include the early 1960s, and the Dick Van Dyke show first aired in 1961, I thought I'd mention it. There was an episode of uh, Dick Van Dyke on last week where Dick Van Dyke was performing as Stan Laurel in a Laurel and Hardy skit. And you know what? Pretty darn hilarious. Mm -hmm. I like Laurel and Hardy to start with, and Dick Van Dyke has incredible timing, but he really did have Laurel down pat. I've always liked uh, Chuck Jones' animation. Maybe it's because I grew up watching Looney Tunes and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but he's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of cartoonists. Cool. Uh, One more from Crystal. Oh, Taking a page out of Edward's book by making a lot of comments... Never forget that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and that mediocrity can pay to greatness. <laughs> I also wanted to mention I enjoyed the top five songs this week. It was such a nice treat.
1: No, oh, thank there you. There you go. Well, I go. That's three people. That's that's like a that's a quorum. That's that's a hat. We'll break. continue with the top five for and
0: sure. Then I guess we're done, except for Regis. What? Hi. Firstly, thanks, Crystal. Having people on the side of the world thinking of you because of your silly obsessions is tight. <laughs> <laughs> I get your reference there And uh, having people sending you uh, A picture of those too Hi Dave and thanks
2: Yeah I
1: sent him some pictures of antique tractors I saw at the p So, e so <laughs> Thought of Regis I thought oh I bet you he'd like these
0: Let me ask you will this American life do that No they will not <laughs> And yes, they are in strike at Deer & Company. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have drove New Holland's. It may have disrupted the balance of the agricultural machinery universe. (laughs) Or maybe it's a side effect of the COVID. I mean, me driving something else? More seriously, I just read the other day in The Guardian, an article making the hypothesis of a rampant global strike in America as people massively refuse to return to too difficult or underpaid jobs across the country. Yep, that is happening. As for the uh, best two hosts suggestion, uh, not that we have a choice, but even if we had, it will remain the best. Don't tempt me to write too long a rant. Oh, too late. (laughs) I just had a million ideas to write, but not the energy. Just had time to start listening to the podcast on Sunday, then finishing it on Sunday. Just in time to start listening to a new episode. (laughs) One of my reactions was to snob all of you Englishish people with my French superiority of you eating frog, <laughs> as you should have eaten uh, Grand grandouille, Gran the... yeah. because all English meat food are in franglish. <laughs> you don't eat uh, pig, sheep, or cow, but pork, uh, mouton, veau, and bouffe. Because London's fourteenth century—don't quote me on the century; never been able to remember any date. Upper class hired <laughs> French chefs because they can cook. But as usual, they were unable to adapt and learn any new language and refused to serve anything but uh, Blancette bland, uh, de veau or buff Wellington. Fun fact, in return, uh, England invented uh, Bordeaux Winery and Champagne to try to cope with them. French alcoholism is a byproduct of our stewborn cuisine. <laughs> By the way, you make me feel very guilty that I don't know French. I was born in Montreal, I should know French. And Dave studied it. He has some French. I have some French. And when people uh, hear him say it, they go like, well, that's some French. <laughs> um, uh, look, uh, look, I'm one to talk. Watching me now stumble bum over everything. Uh, otherwise, I have a lot of obsessions I always want to brag about. Some uh, lifelong like sausages, tractors, Japan, and my failing <laughs> life. Uh, some <laughs> started more recently as The Wire and the complete David Simon work. And some more recently like neurodiversity. Hmm. Oh, We've uh, brilliantly established, in fact, that all of the hosts and listeners were uh, gifted people. Giftedness is, part of, is a fun part of neurodiversity, or should be. We evoke a potentially darker size, uh part of the Asperger uh, syndrome, uh, which is itself the funniest part of the autism spectrum. Or is it? As sending cars into space is debatedly funny... Even with a ton of nerd geek toppings. Yeah, they even sent Captain Kirk into space. That seems a little on the nose. Um, One other difficult part is uh, ADHD, uh, which is my current obsession. As I'm trying to make sense of my uh, quite worrying anxiety, I'm a little interested in that too myself right now. I was looking at some stuff on that and I was like,
2: huh, this seems
0: really familiar. Uh, Anyway, and speaking of the fun part of those things, do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I do. A very clever series on... yep. Guess what? Neurodiversity and its social troubles. Or is it an homage to hom- homicide? Or maybe just a spoof uh, show on police? All we know for sure is it's a great and funny show. Uh, yes, I agree. And it's got a lot of heart to it and made a lot of good choices early on. Yeah, that one thing where the guy was obsessed with uh, a woman and uh, and then uh, she said it uh, bothered her and he went, Okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Whereas an old sitcom would have just... You know, had Urkel keep, you know, uh, going after the girl for all the seasons, which is going, she's not interested in you, man. You're a (laughs) creep. Knock it off. Uh, But for example, Amy and Jake have a lot of signs of ADHD. Amy on the coping side and Jake on the pure hyperactive side. And a lot of anxieties all around, personal and social. I won't bother you with a character by character analysis, though. That would be a good uh, um, podcast. Let me say, Regis. Might want to do that podcast. I might listen to that podcast. Uh, because it will require too much attention and concentration on my part and taking too much reading and listening time on yours that 's why podcasts do it as a podcast We just uh, It seems like I like my heroes clever but weird and socially awkward uh, some uh, some uh, times a bit uh, toxic too Luther Sherlock Columbo, doc Martin, Clarkson, and now uh, the brooklyn nine nine crew Oh, and Calvin would have been one of those weirdos too if you asked my preferred cartoonist, which is Bill Waterson nice. Uh, female kick-ass heroine, yes, Emma Peel. exactly. <laughs> uh, 007 title, No Time to Bond. Oh, that is good. Uh, favorite fictional character, My Man Omar. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Michael K. Williams and the Blues Brothers. About flossing, uh, first time I heard of it was in Zappa's Montana song in France. We are using toothpicks, but it is less and less common. I will uh, recommend you pick it up. It's a good habit. As for horses, I ride ponies. I rode ponies in my teens. Then I rapidly discovered tractors, which allows me to ride uh, hundreds of horses at once. Okay, I rode real horses too, but they were too big and frightening uh, for me. Uh, You know the one who starts to gallop because he knows where he's going?
1: (sighs) Yes, probably back to the barn for food. Yeah.
0: And with that, I think I'm done with my catch up and too long a message. Disagree. Uh, But please remember that I fought hard trying not to put a million more subjects. And a thousand clever or dumb facts for each. And let me just say, Regis, before you apologize for that, did you hear us just talk for three hours <laughs> about all everything in the world? <laughs> uh, and uh, Now you can reward yourselves with a sneaky snack. We will. Mm-hmm. Uh, P.S. It's getting harder and harder to find. Catchy closing sentences. Oh. Uh, you're checked. Telling me. Yeah. PS2. Uh, very good. I like that more than PSS. That's very clever. Uh, so Listening Party is a spinoff from Sneaky D. So is the top five making a sneaky, making Sneaky D a crossover? I'm confused. Do we have a crossover there? Thank you, Regis.
1: Well, we don't because, uh, <laughs> Top Five actually is what led to the Listening Party. We used to do a Top Five songs That's right. segment on Sneaky Dragon before the so Sneaky Party. So Listening
0: Party was kind of a spinoff of Sneaky Dragon. Yes. Which is now, okay, you know what it's like? It was like when they spun off uh, Joni loves Chachi from Happy Days, and then that show failed, but it didn't fail. Uh, it didn't in, fail? Like, as in, like, listening party didn't fail. Oh, but okay. then when that was done, then uh, Cha- Joni and Chachi went back to Happy Days. And so the top five is now returned back to yes. the original home it was at. That's right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Fish went to his own show, and then Fish <laughs> has come back uh, to uh, Barney Miller for a couple of episodes. There you go.
1: That's true. Yeah, yeah, the top five songs was kind of, I think, led led to the like my uh, mixtape offer. I can't remember that far back now, but it seems that they were around the same time anyway.
0: Yeah, maybe. But, but then you added the family element uh, and brought Mary on, and then it all took off, and it was great. <laughs> it
1: was a lot of fun. I miss it.
0: People, uh, people like it. Well, you know, maybe special occasions. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We'll see. Christmas comes. carols are around. certain things happen. <laughs> that's we'll true.
1: hey, guess what what's that? You got some emails? Are you oh, finished no, Are you please, finished yeah, to...
0: You're absolutely right, please email it up.
1: I will email it up, sir. How dare you suggest I wouldn't um it's only one e- email actually <laughs> okay, but it's a uh, email uh Matthew wrote in an email, but I already thanked you, matthew, for your uh, thank you tip, matthew. your tip off on of the Dana Gould show mentioning dark shadows this is from brent tannahill okay it's uh it's titled funny 50s brent says sneakerinos thank you i do like being called the sneakerino i hope
0: because it is uh, similar to to what
1: is it the i don't know
0: it was like uh at least i'm going with uh, steve allen when oh, he, he okay. called steve Arino and oh, was called okay kind of okay old time old um, the, the original tonight show which, okay. Which, since we were talking about Jay Leno, I feel sure, uh, sure. it ties all back nicely. No, no,
1: that. that makes total sense because Brent has mentioned before that he's a big Steve Allen fan. Boom. So there you go, Snickerinos. I did a Google search of all the comedy movies and television shows of the 1950s.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And sure enough, there is practically practically none that hold up today. The Phil Silvers show was one shining example of a very funny show. Your Show of Shows, starring Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca, had great writers. Yeah, it's true. It did have great writers.
0: Yeah, amazing writers.
1: And theoretically could be very funny. I've seen a few clips, and they were good, but it's hard to judge an entire show from five minutes of clips. My vote for the funniest thing to come out of the 50s was the old radio show Matinee with Bob and Ray, also called The Bob and Ray Show.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a good one, too. Yeah.
1: I also agree with Chris with uh, The Goon Show as well. Yeah. Like that's a show that was like pi- a pioneering show in terms of its comedy and
0: Yeah, that yeah. almost feels like again I uh, was saying like that's comedy concentrate that then later got uh, I don't want to say diluted in a bad way but broke off and spawned all, so much other sure. stuff. Sure. I mean,
1: yeah. but not just not just not just like not just comedy but also like music cuz the Beatles were really inspired by the Goon yeah. Show as well, you know, and it's incorporated elements of that in, in their own. But when you want the you know,
0: uh the hardcore material before the Big Bang, that's the Goon Show.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember reading a, I think it was for an anniversary concert or a show that the, the Goons put on. And the person who wrote like the copy for the record mm-hmm. talking about how much they loved the Goons was Prince Charles. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, it really reached all levels of British society at that time period. Anyway, sorry to interrupt um so yes a lot of those a lot of these earlier shows were impromptu later they were scripted but you get the feeling that it was just a rough outline and a lot of ad-libbing went on then he sends a link which i will i'll put in on our notes i'll have a link there to some old-time old-time radio which i am a fan of old-time radio because i love listening to the old um uh, dick powell radio shows um rogues gallery and uh What's the other one called? Richard Jamie Diamond. Penn. Richard Johnny. Diamond. Uh, no, Johnny, uh, okay. Johnny Dollar is not uh, thing, Dick I Powell. Yeah. But also really great. I also love yeah. that one too. Um, Brent says, there are also comedy bits that, that they did in later years that are on YouTube. So thank you very much for that, Brent. That's a very good suggestion. I remember uh, getting a, a record of great radio comedy, it was called. And it had like, you know, your, your you know, Steve, uh, not Steve, uh, Ed Wynn, Steve Wynn. It had Edwin on it and... um you know, just like Ab and Costello, like all your, all your usual suspects. But it also had Bob and Ray, who I'd never heard of before. Right. And that was a really a real eye-opener, and I really really enjoyed that. I was just
0: looking for, like, when was uh, Stan Freeberg's kind of time to shine?
1: Sure, that would have been the 50s as well. Like, he was doing parodies of uh, music in the 50s and had a radio show at that time do, doing his... Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. would have been 50s as well. So okay. I think that's... I think he kind of falls... Yeah, I mean, he, that's another good example... I mean, the thing about I mean, they did have some hits and stuff like that, but a lot of those guys like Alan Sherman and stuff like that—they're almost like cult artists rather than being like, you know what I mean? Like they're not something we remember from the fifties, like Stan Freeberg and and Alan Sherman and people who had like a big influence in the culture of the time period, but it was only in a certain demographic, you know. And so within that hip group of people, you know, they really they really dug what those guys were doing, but it was it didn't really like reach to the general population because. I think that's part of the problem is that it just was not a funny time to people and people didn't want to be funny. They didn't want to have funny in their lives, you know? And I think that, um, I think, I think Ed made some good points, like talking about the way that, you know, sitcoms and stuff for that time period were not mirrors of the culture, but were, you know, attempts to influence a culture by creating this ideal of what a family was, whether it's like Ozzy and Harriet or father knows best, The Donna Reed show, all those kind of shows were uh, all sort of uh, idealized Americana, you know, Leave It to Beaver and things like that. They weren't in any way a mirror of the culture of that time, but but merely a kind of reflection back of what they wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. Now,
0: did we mention Nichols and May at all last time?
1: We didn't, but that's a good another great one because I
0: mean, they're they're I'm huge fans of Nichols and May.
1: Sure, they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
0: So looking at yeah, their album started uh, in 1959. Mm-hmm. Went from 1959 to 1962, so that feels like that's in the window. For sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, Mad Magazine would be another thing that you sure. could give an example of, like something that was really funny and really great for that time period. You know, and part of that similar um, trend, which was at the time called sick humor. Yeah, you know, whether it was like psychologically sick or just sort of bad taste jokes. You know, that's where the whole was kind that
0: of, an actual uh, Lenny Bruce cover the sick humor of Yeah, uh, yeah, Lenny that's Bruce, right. was yeah. like on a, in a graveyard. He
1: did not like it, but. Uh, that's what they wanted. I love his one of uh, togetherness. Do you know that oh, one? So. Oh, that it's, seems like it's like him warming. with there's black people yeah. and then, but also the Ku Klux Klan and uh, neo Nazis <laughs> and stuff like that. All like together in this like, togetherness. It's quite a. It's a good cover. <laughs> yeah, he had some fun. He had some fun, and then it stopped. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, I guess he got too well known. It's okay. To, it's okay to be doing that stuff when no one knows you're doing it, but uh, don't become known. Yeah, that sounds, in those days,
0: that sounds about right. It'll be the all. Um, so, uh, before we get to our questions and, and what what uh, what have you, uh, just real real quick. Uh, since uh, since last week, uh, you know, I was plugging uh, as I mentioned before uh, my wife's TV series, Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. Some news came out uh, this week that uh, basically, here's the thing. When I was talking to my therapist Monday, she was asking, "How are you doing?" And I said, uh, "Well, my wife was trending on Twitter yesterday. So uh, that <laughs> um, and two different uh, things." Oh, oh, really? What, what were the two? It was, uh, it was, it was two different stories about the same thing. Which oh, okay. Was people saying, now I just want to make a correction on this. They were saying that Y got canceled, which is not technically true. Cause there's no cancel culture. Well, there you go. Uh, but it wasn't picked up for a second season by, uh, by Hulu. Uh, and there are, there are for the people, most
1: ridiculous reasons. I've never heard like a, well, this
0: was the nice thing was, thing. you know, the normal, yeah, the normal knobs came out. And went, uh, you know, it was, it was the go woke, go broke crowd. And, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, let's, let's do some dancing on the grave situation. And I guess, you know, the, the general idea was, I guess the ratings were bad. Um, but the nice thing was that the Hollywood reporter came out the next day and like laid it out. Yeah. Of just like, no, that wasn't what happened at all. Yeah. Had great ratings. Yeah. The ratings were, 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 were fine. It's, it's, it's doing quite well all around the world. Yeah. But here's, here's what's going well. Here's the thing. Maybe it's doing well all around the world. The signs are there that it's doing well all around the world. Mm. Um, but what happened with the show was uh, the show was sold was was uh, sold to FX, which mm-hmm. is part of Fox. Yeah. And so FX was going to air the show. And then uh, Fox got bought by Disney. Okay. Uh, this all happened in the midst of everything in the last couple of years. And yeah. Fox yeah. got bought by Disney. So Disney owns Hulu. I know this gets confusing, and it is. So they were going to air the show, and they did um, on Hulu. It was called FX on Hulu. Okay. So Disney is airing the show. Fox owns the show. Yeah. Disney is airing the show. Yeah. If you watch it in the states, if you watch it in England or Europe, you're watching it on Disney Plus. I see. Okay. So that's that's what's going on with that. Now, what had happened was the uh, they had contracted the actors, but because of COVID, they weren't able to shoot for almost a year. Yeah. Uh, and then they were back able to shoot. Uh, but because of that they they the contracts uh, all ended this month. Mm. so they would have to renew their contracts uh now traditionally, you would renew the contracts after you've seen what the ratings on the show were. yeah, but what happened was uh, because everything was was so delayed, and Hulu does not say what their ratings are, FX who owns the show and it's the ones who are the ones who. Uh, make the call or not, yeah. couldn't get any information on this. Mm. They don't know how the show is doing. Yeah. The other thing about shows like this, sorry, I'm giving like lots and lots of information. The way streaming shows go is they do very well at the beginning. Yeah, there's some tapering off, yeah. and then once the entire show is completed, people binge it. Yeah, that's how people watch streaming shows for the most part. Yeah. So right now we are we as of this week, we're three episodes from the end. yeah, uh, but it has not ended yet. So that process has not gone through. FX didn't know how it was doing and decided to not renew, uh, the, the show. Mm. But it's, but if anyone's saying it's because there were uh, low ratings, not true at all. Mm. They don't know what the ratings are. Yeah. Hulu does. You're like, well, why doesn't Hulu tell them what the ratings are? That's not what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you wouldn't know what the true ratings are because to know the true ratings, we have to wait for the entire show to go through sure. and then have it wrapped up. Yeah. And then for the next couple of weeks, Go, let's see people binging. That's how that goes. So what is occur? What, what's occurring right now is the showrunner, uh, is actively, uh, searching for a new home for season two. Sure. It's been, uh, on the whole, uh, critically, you know, praised, uh, and like, uh, what's its, uh, like the AV club or whatever. It's been like, aside from last week, they didn't like last week's show, but it's been like all A's and B's just in general. It's been it's been quite good. The negative uh, online, you know, things have been uh, people who actively will just one star anything they don't like, mm. so it will you know drives drive certain things down. Anyway, long story short, ratings we don't know how they are. The signs are that they're good. If you look at uh, uh, sites that basically are uh, streaming sites and sites that direct people to streaming services like Just Watch, uh, why uh, is in Canada, number three. In the States, it's always in the top ten. In Europe uh, and the UK, it is always in the top ten. Consistently, week after week, it's doing well. All signs point to this show doing well. But FX made the choice, and it's an odd choice, and people are questioning the choice right now, yeah. to not uh, pick it up for a second season. Uh, what they would have had to have done was uh, renew all the contracts without knowing how the show was going to do, which to them would have been a between $3 million and $4 million risk. Hmm. And they decided that that wasn't a risk they wanted to take. So that's what went on. Uh, all of those sh- episodes came in under budget, and they've all done what they were supposed to do so far. But basically, because of COVID, the real reason for this is COVID, Yeah. Uh, the contracts expired in the middle of a run of the show, which it would not traditionally do. So that's where things are right now. Was it upsetting? Fuck yeah. (laughs) Very, very upsetting. Yeah. Uh, because everything up until this point was pointing to things are, uh, things are fine. So, uh, we're going to see what happens right now. There is uh, a hashtag, uh, why lives on, uh, right now on Twitter, uh, Twitter. There's an active search for a new network for it. If a network is smart, they'll take it because <laughs> so far, so really good. Yeah. And, uh, that's where we're at. So, yeah, I was kind of, uh, that was a very upsetting, uh, it was an upsetting weekend, but seeing then the love point pouring in for the show has been incredibly touching. That's great. And uh, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Sure. And if you want to read the story, it is, the full story is available <laughs> uh, in book form, and there is a new version of it coming out, I believe, November 2nd, uh, with a cover on it from the television show. But anyway, that's at Any of your local bookstores, Why the Last Man, done by my wife, Pia Guerra, and writer, Brian K. Vaughn. And if you're a shitty website, you say it's Why the Last Man, done by Brian K. Vaughn. And then you leave my wife out of it, and that's a shitty thing to do. <laughs>
1: that seems pretty shitty. And I'm
0: looking at you, Hollywood Reporter. Smarten up on that. Um, yeah, but it, most uh, most uh, sites are, are smart about it. So anyway, that's what my week has been kind of like. It's uh, destabilized a lot of things right now, mm. so it was. Uh, Can understand. It was a shaky. It was a shaky weekend, and again, they've been uh, working on this for about 15 years, getting this done, mm-hmm. and so this was. Uh, ugh. Uh, for that. But, uh, everyone's very, very proud of the show and, and it's got two more episodes left. So if you haven't caught up yet, uh, now's a good time to do so. Get those ratings up, up, up. <laughs> Don't know where they're at right now. No one does. Except Disney. And that mouse is quiet. As a mouse. Oh. Yeah.
1: I was gonna say as a duck, but I guess that would be wrong. No, that duck is loud. That duck is. <laughs> Quite loud. Well, it's kind of like Netflix. Netflix doesn't not, does not doesn't publicize its ratings either. So Yeah,
0: this is a standard thing for streaming, streaming servers.
1: I think it's just too un, un, yeah. unwieldy a thing to try to figure but out. But again, this is accurately. how streaming
0: things work is, you know, things at the beginning and then, you know, at the end, there's a rise as well where everyone watches the whole thing yeah. at once because that's how people like watching things now. Yeah. Yeah, there were so many people that wrote in well, like, well, I was going to start watching it, but I guess if it's not uh, going to have a second season, I won't. Well, what the hell's that mean? You gotta, so just, yeah, just watch 10 episodes. I guess that's not worth it. Just watch them. See what you think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I thought was most frustrating for you is the fact that you knew, but couldn't tell people. There was a couple of days beforehand
0: that we, that we knew. And then, uh, and then, yeah, the information came out. Uh, maybe a little too early that uh, it shouldn't have and, oh okay, uh, maybe it got uh leaky leaked oh, really? out there, so everyone was kind of on their back heel about that mm. and again, there is just a crowd that's out let th- I me mean, again the the vast majority of uh, of of people commenting this it's it's great, you know it's very very and saying what the show means to them, and there's nothing else like it on television and they're seeing themselves represented here in a way that and uh, nowhere else but again there's uh just uh chuckled McFuckheads out there as well. That are uh, you know dinguses just you know laughing and they don't want to see shows uh, with that many women on TV and they don't they don't want to see trans people on TV and they you know they don't want to see any of that kind of stuff. So if for nothing else, it is uh, the show pisses off the right people. So you know if you want to just have it on because of spite, that's a good reason too. <laughs> that's also fine. Yes. Yeah. All right. So questions of the week.
1: Ooh boy. Questions
0: of the week, indeed. What, uh, what is, uh, first of all, we're talking about schoolin'. Okay. Um, what is your schoolin'? And also, side question to that, uh, is, there, is there some schoolin' that you would like to do that you didn't do? Like, would you have liked to have learned something? Or maybe you will in the future. But schoolin', I guess, is my question. What schoolin' you got? What schoolin' you want? Uh, what schooling do you wish you had? All right. Well, since next
1: episode will be coming out the day before Halloween, I'd like to ask... Our question should be, uh, what is the scariest monster?
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. What is the scariest monster? And I'll ask one more question. What are you dressing up as?
1: Okay. There By the go. way,
0: if you have any uh, pictures, mm-hmm. please send them.
1: Please do. We would
0: love to see uh, pictures of Halloween costumes or your yeah. Halloween homes.
1: Halloween homes. Sure. That'd be good, too. Hopefully... You'll all be dressing as a sexy nurse. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all I ask for.
0: Yeah. Ian?
1: No. If you want to answer these questions, how would they
0: do it? Well, look, you know how I said SneakyDragon.com was the name of the show at the beginning? Yep. That was a clue as to how you do it. (laughs) Okay. Go to SneakyDragon.com, and we have our message boards there underneath every episode. By the way, we've got all our podcasts there, and you can listen to them all gratis. Hmm. That's right, completely That's free. Pretty what? generous of us. Completely Beatles. Yep. Full marks. Mm-hmm. Totally tin tin yep. uh, We mentioned Sneaky Dragon listening party. That's there too. Uh, uh, yeah, flagrantly Fantastic Four. All of our podcast. We didn't do that one. All of our podcasts are there, uh, as well as all of our coverage of the golf scene. We don't do that either. Anyway, go check out what it is at sneakydragon.com. If you want to email us, we are at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Sneakyd at SneakyDragon.com. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon. Hmm? Tumblr, .tumblr sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Okay. That's it. Nothing. We're not on TikTok yet. No. Are we on Instagram? Yes, but as our own personal selves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there with Mannequin on the Moon. I'm also there as Ian Boothby. Dave is there as Dave Dedrick.
1: I'm there as inactive.
0: Yeah. I'm there as posting food under my own name (laughs) and I'm posting the Mannequin on the Moon. Comics uh that we do every day. Nice on there as well. As well as you can go to gocomics.com and uh mannequin on the moon is there. A
1: lot of fun. I'll enjoy the one. You have to guess the theme of this restaurant.
0: That was a very funny one. That was based on mm-hmm. our friend Nina Matsumoto, Third Dragon. Yeah. She went with her husband to a restaurant that had uh robots that looked like cats. That would serve you your meal. And it was just, what theme is this? <laughs> so Nightmare uh, future. Both me and uh, Pia Guerra, uh, who uh, many people enjoy the illustration. Pina Guerra? So yeah, it's a type of wine. Okay. Um, she she and I uh, <laughs> thought this will make a good cartoon. And so one of our cartoons is that. Uh, that involves robots and cats and, yeah, uh, that was and good. the server. That's fun. Thanks. It's a good appreciate
1: one. it. I went and liked it.
0: Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, uh, I have been Ian
1: i've been david.com
0: and uh you know we're gonna go and uh, get a little something at a white spot and uh, talk to our server and say Yay. hi and uh, neither of us will flirt with them so <laughs> no, uh, that's horrible yeah d- uh, don't be a creep don't do that <laughs> nonsense that's your tip of the day bye
1: so long <laughs> To say off you design. Do
0: you know what no one said for funny in the fifties? Mortsal. No you know
2: said. why? Because that ship don't sail.
0: Yeah. What's What's in the news?